check the podcast. Join the podcast. Tim is podcast. Whoa. Hey guys, how's it going? This is Timmin here at Timmin's podcast, bringing you a special podcast today. Um, normally, I release my podcasts on Mondays, uh, but today, October 30th, 2019, is my dad's birthday. And I thought it would be pretty awesome to release a podcast that I did with my dad. I did with my dad and my roommate Lincoln, who actually I just want to give shout outs to Lincoln. He is a co-host and actually produced this podcast. So if it looks, if it looks, if it listens, if it sounds a little bit better than it has in the past, uh, there's a reason for that. Shout out to Lincoln. But anyways, uh, back to the person at hand who is on this podcast, uh, my dad. Just want to say a quick couple things. First off, happy birthday to you. I uh, hope it's an awesome one. Uh, secondly, uh, my dad is someone who's been a huge influence on my life, obviously, because he's my dad. Um, but I got really lucky with a pretty awesome dad. And hopefully you can see how cool he is throughout this whole conversation. Um, he's definitely been someone who's helped guide me through life. And um, I just have realized that a lot of times when he gives me direction um he doesn't tell me that i have to take direction or i have to go this way but it's usually just really solid and sound advice so i'm lucky to have that and i'm really thankful that uh he supports me and uh he was willing to come on this podcast and just chit chat and, and mess around with with uh, lincoln and i and hopefully you enjoy his story as much as i just enjoy him as my dad and uh yeah, hopefully you catch that. So, guys, thanks for listening to another Timmy's podcast. Welcome. We made it. We're here. So, right off the bat, what's something you don't want to talk about on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, it just so happens that I am Timmy's dad. So, uh, I could embarrass Timmy if I wanted to. But I'm not going to do that. No, I, I would love it if you embarrassed me. Actually, I don't have anything in mind right now. But What's the worst thing I did as a child? <laughs> Hold on real oh, quick. My Timmons, Dad, do you have yeah. a name? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, welcome to our podcast. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Introduce yourself real quick, and then we'll come back to that question. My name is Jay. Nice. You can say your last name, yeah. too. Oh, are we allowed to? Yeah, this is public. Yeah. There may be some things I just I don't say on this podcast, but so, I'll tell you guys, but not publicly. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I forgot to tell you this, but what I'll do is I'll send this to you, and I'll, you we will all listen to it before it's released. Oh, okay. So if you don't want to, then listeners, you're not going to hear this, but you guys will probably hear this. You're gonna, you you want to start over? No. no oh, okay. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> so what's your name? My name is Jay. <laughs> it's just the letter. No A-Y. No oh. period. Just the letter J. I know that's weird. We asked what your name was, not Jay what Nimps. your letter was. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Nimps is my name. Timmons' dad. Do you so, go by Timmons' dad? Oh. Yeah. Uh, among your friends. Oh, you're Timmons' dad. That's how I'm known. So, yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. That's cool. So. I'm known as Jay's son. Really? Amongst Who? no one. <laughs> <laughs> amongst your dad's friends? Yeah. <laughs> No, not even them. No, they call him Tim, and he's got his own personality. It's a brand. Yeah. My name is a brand. A brand, it's yeah. A unique name that not very many people You got have. your own air fresheners, so. Yeah, that's true, too. 
Yeah. What is the most embarrassing thing or the worst <laughs> thing I have done that you can think of? I, let's go back I to let's go back that. to when I was like one and drop that thing on your head. Oh um, yeah, that wasn't let's embarrassing. Go, let's talk about the one time that I tried to parkour off the banister. Oh yeah. Well, I'm a little embarrassed about. <laughs> let's talk about one time I turned on the dryer <laughs> with somebody in it, <laughs> yeah. with your sister in it. Uh, we don't have happens. to talk all about that. Uh, okay, so it was a beautiful summer day, and we were living in Denver, Colorado, and Timmons about one, and uh, I'm the people that we lived with. We we were their caretakers. We took care of their lawn. I was working on a master's degree, so we we lived in a little apartment in this really rich house, and I was out on the lawn. They had a croquet set up, croquet stuff. And I'm just laying on the ground, on the grass, looking up, and Timmons out messing around, and he grabbed a croquet ball, and he comes up, and he's only, you know, like two feet tall or whatever. He's just a little little guy. He grabs that co- croquet ball, and he comes right up to my head, and he grabs it, and he smacks me on top of the head and goes, I think you said, bang. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was seeing stars, and I was like, and I I got up and swatted you on the butt for doing that, which is obviously wrong, because I want to talk about parenting, because that was, um, that's called childishness. It has nothing to do with rebellion. You, you had no clue. You just thought, oh, here's somebody's head. Here's a ball. Let's connect them. But anyways, you know, I just, I swatted you. Of course, I, I didn't abuse you, but I swatted you on the butt. And I brought brought you in, and, and mom's going, you're crying. And I'm like, like she probably looks looks like I'm drunk or something, because I'm like staggering in, like, oh, this huge knot on my head. I'm getting ice. And she's like, what's wrong? And I hurt so much, I can't say anything. And so you're just crying. I'm concussed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was... It wasn't embarrassing. It was just, uh, yeah. yeah. Who yeah. who are the rich people we stayed with? And mom told me that. I, I, I don't mean that to be say yeah. that meanly. Rich people. They no. were very well off. They were Iranians, uh, Abbas, and Afsana. His name was Abbas, which means father, and her name was Afsana, which means and mother. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Great people. Uh, Did I? Yeah. Only they loved rice. you. I only ate rice for the first couple of years of my existence. Is that true? Or... I don't know. They had really good rice and really good tea. They made it the way Iranians do. And I say Iran because he said, no, we're not Iran. We're Iranians. And we speak Farsi. And uh, Did I know Farsi? Is that true? They tried to teach you some yeah. little stuff. Little, they they, little lived, they loved Timmons. They loved Timmons. Bilingual. Timmons. I can speak Farsi. So. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just joking. Yeah. So... They did. They were, they were cool people. Yeah. So. Yeah. You want to talk about uh, the one time I parkoured down the hallway, the banister? Do you want me to Can tell the story? Can you tell me the story and maybe I'll yeah. remember? Okay. Can I tell the story? <laughs> <laughs> were you there? This one time, no, Tim no. and fell down the stairs. <laughs> Even worse. Even worse. I guess I don't want to know that one. So. So my Just taking stabs here. I did something to my younger sister. Hadessa. Oh, the hole in the wall. Now I remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I did something. I was with, not happy about that. She she was not happy with me. And to get out of her, we had this like banister going down the stairs. And I thought it would be kind of cool to parkour off of it 
and like jump from one banister back and then land on the stairs and run to the basement. Well, I jumped around the banister and pushed off and my whole body slammed into the back wall and I was stuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the wall, so like a, a like a butt-shaped hole. Yes. <laughs> and I had just painted that. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. So that was called the butthole yeah. for a long time at our house. <laughs> I literally had to cut like two by two foot, two feet by two feet, and you know, and patch a whole piece yeah. in there and repaint it. And yeah, it was not. And, and mom was angry at me. She made me call you to explain what happened. That was worse. That was so bad. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, your younger brothers aren't scared of me. I think I've gotten older and too. I've gotten too gentle on them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we've all talked about our family how I was disciplined the most of all of the children. Well, you turned out the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself, Jay. <laughs> that sounds that sounds so weird coming from you. Tell me a little bit about yourself, father. There we go. That's a little bit. Father, call me dad. dad. Okay, yeah. What? So, what do you want to know? Yeah. So, uh, life story, basically. I'll try not to make it long. <laughs> I'll make um, it super long, actually, if you could. A, a um, I grew up in the Midwest. I moved so much. I'm not gonna go through all that. But, um, where were you born? Des Moines, Iowa. Um, I don't remember my father very much except the day that my my real dad he's he's passed away, but he uh, he drank a lot. He was a wonderful, gentle alcoholic, so he wasn't abusive or anything. But uh, he had a car wreck, and his best friend was killed in that. And I don't know if my dad was driving or or if he was a passenger, but it crippled his left arm for life, I think. It just kind of hung there. I think it was his left arm. So I had to learn to do everything one-handed. But when he got out of the hospital, he, my memory starts with him packing his bags and leaving the apartment. And then there was visiting rights, so I, you know, I still saw my dad. But then my stepdad, um, I think maybe mom was married in a year or something, I'm not sure. So my... So my stepdad, who I call dad because he raised me since I was seven, uh, is a totally different man, came out of the Marine Corps, very strict, very uh, successful, uh, pretty angry sometimes. But I, I love, we call him Pops, so I'm, I'm not demeaning him, but very different man than, than my real father. So, so when I say dad, I usually mean my stepfather, so... Uh, anyways, I'm, so I'm going into too much detail. No, but. that's okay. So that was when you were seven. That happened. Yeah. Where were you at when that happened? Were you still in Iowa? Tomorrow? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then you moved around. Yeah. Uh, my, Pretty much my, Midwest. My pop, pop, I'm going to call it Pops, um, was a very successful salesman in many different jobs. And so he just we just moved about every two to three years. Uh, in fact, I went to three high schools. That was that's how much we moved. That that was not, yeah. Once you get into high school, you you know you don't want to move. That that was pretty bad. So especially my senior year, I started at a whole new high school. Oh man, I hated that. But anyway, yeah. Which was so, where? 
Uh, and I ended up in Minnesota, a place called Rochester. That's where the Mayo Clinic is. So I graduated from there and went into the Air Force. And um, it was in the Air Force that I became a Christian. Now, I almost hate to say that word Christian because there's so many bad examples of Christians. <laughs> a video you just played for me was <laughs> before we started this podcast was ridiculous. Um, but anyways, that's where I started, uh, in the, in the air forces where I started a hard curriculum of Bible study, scripture memory, um, stuff like that. So completely became different than what I grew up. We grew up, uh, Lutherans that went to church twice a year, Christmas and Easter. So, you know, respectable people, but that the God stuff is kind of, you know, you don't get overzealous about it. So immediately my family thought I was weird because I was in California in the military and they thought I was an occult because I read my Bible and stuff. They're like, what is going on with this guy? Uh, I stopped swearing and about every other word out of my mouth was, was foul before that. And, uh, yeah. So anyways, so, so let's, I don't want to get into family dynamics, but that's okay. Yeah. You, you're welcome to talk about this. This is a safe place. <laughs> talk, about talk about whatever, whatever you want. You want. Uh, yeah. Question yeah. though, a few steps backwards. Oh, okay. uh, you said you got to the Air Force after right. high school. Do you think your stepdad played a role in that? Yes, that? my father was a Marine. He was in Vietnam. Well, pops, my stepfather was a Marine. Um, saw war firsthand. It's not pretty, but he was uh, in Vietnam. He's he was a, in Vietnam. Yeah. Two tours, not just and one. And he, he enlisted when he was... He lied about his age, I think. He was 17. So he went in and grew up pretty quick and was in the Marine Corps, oh, I think, over seven years. And he was in a lot of blood and guts, hand-to-hand combat, stuff like that. So he, you know, he came back to a culture that hated him. So he's over in Vietnam fighting for our country, and he comes back, and people are spitting on him when he gets off. Because you can tell a military person, their head's shaved and everything. So he, he comes back to a whole culture that seems to very displeased with him. Um, so that, that gave him a bad taste in his mouth about, you know, serving our country. You know, what do you serve your country for if they hate you? Yeah. But anyways... Um, you went what into the military. Question? So, Pop, also, yeah. So his, yes, his role or how he impacted you, or did he push you in that direction? Yes. Or? Pops told me, like, I didn't want to go to college after high school. I wasn't, I wasn't serious about learning or anything. And he goes, "You need to go in the military, but don't go in the Marine Corps." <laughs> hmm. Which is interesting because my next brother down, my dad said, "You need to go in the Marine Corps." <laughs> and he <laughs> spent twenty years in, in he was in combat too. Mike was. So, yeah, he was one of the first people in Baghdad. Yes, he was. Yeah. When that all happened yep. in the early 2000s. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. <clears throat> crazy. So, but then your youngest brother, so you have three. Two, you have yeah, three I have two, two brothers, yeah. So my youngest brother, they, he went to college and he went to Japan. He, he speaks fluent Japanese and he's pretty savvy with computers and stuff. So, yep. so Pops must have said, nah, you don't, don't go in the military. <laughs> So, yeah, but yeah, the military was great for, because it gave me a lot more structure and stuff. I mean, I had a lot of structure from pops anyway, but um, I had time to kind of grow up. And then I went to college, and I, I had a lot of structure before I went to college. So 
college was great because I could handle the freedom. In, in mm-hmm. college, you have a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in college five years after most people, like, like I'm 22 in college and most people coming in are 18 or 19. And I saw them struggling with how to do homework, how to do their laundry, how to make a schedule. Mom and dad aren't there anymore, and 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 I was way past that point. So you were a pro at that point. You I could, was a pro. Yeah, you could take I, care of yourself. Yeah, it was easy compared to what you just exactly. got done doing. Exactly. Oh, exactly. And the Air Force was easy compared to pops. So, <laughs> yeah. wow. <laughs> What'd you do in the Air Force? I How can neither confirm nor deny that I uh, <laughs> worked with missiles. Now I loaded uh, airplanes. I loaded missiles onto airplanes. Yeah, B-52s. Yep. That was my job. Sounds like a pretty explosive line of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't want that to explode. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. Well, I know you went to jail while you were in the military. <laughs> oh, we have to bring that up. <laughs> this is a story I have not heard. So, yeah. So. You just reminded. I was just reminded. Oh, my. You're just going to. How many that, hours are you going to grill said, me on you this? You said thing? first. You said. This is going to be an embarrassing podcast for Tim and... No. No, you got <laughs> Here's the thing. I asked you if there was anything you didn't want to talk about on this podcast, and that was your time to say that. Hey, if it can train people or it's for learning, that's great. Uh, I, in the military, you have something called absent without leave, AWOL. So you are, you are the property of the military day and night. Well... Uh, on certain weekends, we would have a weekend. We would have weekends off, unless we were on extra duty to watch, to to be available to load bombs, basically. And uh, one weekend was my weekend to stay in the dormitory on call, and I decided to go skiing. And when I came home after a full day of skiing, my sergeant was waiting in my room. They have keys to everybody's room. He was waiting for me, and he said, you're in trouble. Uh, we needed you to to load some weapons, and you were gone, and you know, you're in trouble, man. So I had to get a lawyer in, in the military, and they, um, I avoided what they call a court-martial and getting kicked out. I, I went to jail for seven days because they knew I was young and foolish, and that wasn't really what I did all the time. So. Hmm. So really, that was good. Seven days of jail is nothing, you know. They took my car away, and everything. I had to walk everywhere, uh, you know. But it was only seven days long, so. And I never did that again. <laughs> so you'd say you learned? I, I did learn yeah. not to go AWOL. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. So you're out of the Air Force. You're in California. You're in college. Yeah, um, where'd you go? College? Yeah, where'd yes. you go to school? Went to... University of California at Davis, studied English literature and music, which have no use for the outside world, but, and neither does loading bombs. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure what I was thinking. Uh, but I loved college. Uh, I, I was able to not go hardly in debt at all because I had some money from the military, and I was also in California, which the, the costs are lower, and I had some grants, and I worked. So I got out of college with five thousand debt, five thousand in debt after a four-year degree. So that was pretty good. The dream. That's amazing. Yeah, it's the dream. It's the dream. Really, the dream. (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah, I really did love college because I was re- I was studying Shakespeare and Chaucer and and then I was going to music and I, now I I don't read music, but I did a lot of mis- music history and and I did choir and all I did was listen to the guys around me that could read music and I memorized what they were singing. Mm. But I couldn't read the notes on the paper. So. so you did more work than it would have been to actually learn how to yes. read music <laughs> to get around. <laughs> to this day, learning. I do not read music. I play by ear. But yeah, I don't well, either. Yeah. It's a different language, man. Yeah. So you mentioned you weren't the best student in high school, right? You weren't exactly. too interested in learning. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so so a shift happened for you. Were you, yes. just, were you studying different things in college and high school that interested you more? Well, or? that's a great question, Lincoln. You're very observant, which is one of the things I like about you. Um, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> there's other things I like about you, but I haven't got a chance to say it yet. Um, we'll circle back to that. Yeah, we'll circle we'll, back. We'll come back around to that. I'm interested. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay, remember in the in the Air Force, I had become a Christian where we were, okay, My here was my requirement as a leader in this uh, ministry that I was in. I had to memorize two scriptures a week. I had to do minimum five hours of Bible study, and I had to be leading other people, younger Christians in Bible study. And I had to be at an advanced prayer group, which met at five in the morning on a certain day of the week. And we had there was all these things that were required of us to be in leadership. And, uh, and I took a few college classes in the military, but they were just at night and they were kind of easy. But all that study kind of got me ready for, for college. So by the time I, when I was in college, I got, I think I got out of college with a 3.4, I think. And I'm not a fast reader and I never, I had to learn to type as I was typing essays. So I, it, it's it's not that you have to be brilliant. You just have to put some work at it. But I also made sure I didn't overload. So, like, I think maybe both of you guys have probably taken more classes. Than, I took the minimum or a little bit above the minimum, and then I did a little bit in the summer because I, I don't know, maybe you guys can, your capacity is higher, but some people do a lot of classes and get through quicker. But then I can't, you know, I don't do well that way. I think that speaks to your wisdom going into college as more of an adult. You knew your limits and you knew what you could and couldn't handle as, you know, and also do life at the same time. So you yeah. said, I can't do all the classes and do it in two years. I have to spread it out. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Smart dude. Thanks. Jay Nims. Smart guy. <laughs> Jay Nims. Smart, Smart guy. So do you want me to keep going after college? Yeah, I hope this isn't. Uh, no, no. no. You know, so what? So any major life events happen in college? Yeah, I I feel like there's a, a major player to the story we haven't story we haven't met yet. Timon, obviously. No, before uh, that, Timon so. was not here yet. Uh, before that, well, uh, when did you meet your wife? Oh, well, we were in the military together. Yeah, so that was before college. Okay. So we were in the military together, and in the military at that point, uh, like in a. In the ministry I was in, there was 50 guys and three girls. So, you know, girls get a lot of attention. So I never, I was always just friends. My, my wife's name is Jiva, so I was always friends with her. But, you know, in the military, you're like, kind of leave the girls alone because everybody's asking and wanting their attention and everything. So so we were always friends, but um, once uh, we... I was kind of interested in her, but she just wanted to be friends, and that's fine. So after the military, um, 
I went to college in Northern California. She went to college in Southern California. And so we just kind of stayed in touch a little bit. You know, I'd like shoot her a postcard maybe every six months or something like that. So, um, classic. Yeah. Was that a big deal when you got a postcard from her? Did you keep all those? We were like, yes, I might finally have them. a postcard. I think I <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, she was a friend at that point. So, you know, I just, it was just a little, but they weren't love letters or anything. So, you're yeah, just thinking that about the person you jot down a little note and send it on a postcard. Yeah, yeah. But so, I didn't so do that with any other girl, so that is kind of interesting. Uh-huh. So, that is interesting. Yeah. 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 But yeah. M- Mom probably was thinking a lot more of it than I was cuz I'm the one who doesn't think emotionally. <laughs> yeah. I get a lot of that from you. Yeah. 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 So from the start, friends the the long con over time and eventually, you know, you're in college. Yeah. A uh, long ways apart. How how do how do these two dots on the map of California merge together? Yeah. They uh it's a story that uh, is kind of really weird. Um, so I'm I'm out of college, trying to figure out what I'm gonna do. With, or I'm at the end of my college career. I'm kind of figure out what I'm gonna do. And Jiva is also getting done with her college career. And we went to this conference um, in the ministry that we were both in. It was a collegiate ministry that's all over the world, by the way. So it's called the Navigators. How old are you guys at this point? What's your age? I'm age gonna is? say. T- 24 25 maybe okay. no it would have to be it's going to be later because we got married at like 29 so maybe we were 28 27 28 somewhere in there and uh we're at this conference together and I, i'm going to shorten the story because it gets pretty long but basically uh i was out on a walk is up in the mountains beautiful and i was kind of praying about stuff and i said lord oh yeah you know this jiva girl i've known forever you know somebody said she's kind of interested in me and i don't know but if she's out here in the middle of the woods walking and praying then i know that i'm supposed to ask her to pursue a relationship and i was just finished praying that as i was walking and she comes around the trail i hadn't seen anybody for an hour probably and so i'm like oh okay (laughs) so we walked together and talked for a while and then as we got back to the uh the uh, conference that we're at um i i said you know i know we're not in a relationship we're not boyfriend or girlfriend so this is probably a good time that we should start i think we should pray about a relationship with that would lead to marriage because we're not emotional right now. And she's like, what? <laughs> and I said, well, I think we should pray about a relationship that would lead to marriage. You're a godly woman. Um, we're not in love or anything right now. This is the time we need to pray about something that, that important. And she called is romance. Just, yeah, called romance. Yeah, right no there. romance <laughs> at all. And she is freaking out. And and I was like, well, let's go. Why let's would go she eat. freak out about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a legitimate question. Yeah, like, I've heard that pitch to women several times <laughs> i went to a christian college whatever it's normal yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's called courting oh <laughs> so that's how we you know and then letters ensued because she was like what 
do you mean by this? And so then I started writing all these long letters. And I wrote her a four-page essay on the meaning, what is love, biblical love, and stuff like that. So it was, yeah, it's really cool. Do you have those letters? I do. (laughs) Guys, next podcast, we'll be reading those letters. (laughs) (laughs) Four-page essay about love. from. Um, So how long did it take for you to tell her the story of your prayer being answered on the mountain? When did I'm, you finally tell her that? I might have told her. Like at, that night, maybe? That night okay. as we were walking. Okay. You know, the Lord told me. Uh, this, she has I, a I similar story, though. Uh, okay. She may have more details that, that I don't have forgotten. She, she has. She always told me about the yellow rose. Ooh. Oh. It, it sounds like we need to not talk about this and, and have your mom, mom yeah. on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can do that. It, it's interesting because it's cliffhanger. It's a very similar, not similar, but there, it's you. Yeah, there was a, a something put out there, and then it was answered on both ends. Right, which is really interesting. Yeah, it's cool to to walk backwards and look at both halves of the story and dissect them and it, see kind of. How yeah, and hers yeah. is going to be emotional. It's not going to be all this logic and blah blah blah. So that's fine yeah. too. It's a it good representation of who I am, both <laughs> emotional and logical all the time. So you start lecturing her on paper, (laughs) (laughs) sending her essays, building the case. (laughs) Yep. And, uh, uh, okay. So you're asking me what can happen next then is what you're saying. Um, so at this point she is still not living near you. No, she's still in Southern. She's a four, four and a half hour drive away. Did you, did you, did you, or did you not send her cassette tapes full of music? I did. This is either going to be really cool or kind of cheesy. Were they mixtapes or was it stuff that you recorded? It's stuff that I sang and wrote. Listener, you can decide if that's really cool (laughs) or really cheesy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we didn't have digital audio back then. So so I had a four track recorder. So I could, I actually could build songs. And some of them were on our college radio. That was kind of cool. So yeah. yeah. I but, didn't know if you sat by the radio and thought, all right, this is a song, record, nope. stop. Okay. Nope, it was stuff I did, actually. Yeah. Um, my, uh, I, so how we got, to, okay, so I'm living in Davis, trying to figure, trying to get a job, because uh, I'm out of college, and I, and by the way, this is the angst of my, you guys have probably felt this, because I, some people think I'm a baby boomer. I'm in that generation. I am not. My parents were baby boomers. I'm what you call Gen X. And I got all this education and everything, and I cannot find a job. Yeah. It sucks. Anyways, I'm trying to figure out what to do. And meanwhile, Jiva is back down in Southern California going, um, we're, by the way, I should say I had proposed sometime in there, but during geez. this like communication where you Hold guys. So we're getting more so blood this, uh, Guys, this is the stuff you want to talk about? Yeah, on, no, this is good stuff. Your story is an interesting story, <laughs> yeah, okay. and I want to hear it. Yeah. Right. So you All proposed right, or whatever. Okay, okay, wanna, okay. Yeah. All right. All How right, many okay. lectures did it take for, <laughs> okay. for her to say, I guess? I'll, I'll back this. up before I move to Southern California. I'll back up. Okay, so over a year, I'm writing to her corresponding... Um, Meanwhile, she goes for three months to Europe, to Romania, Mm. on a mission trip. And so I wrote her a little booklet and a bunch of things before she left. And this little booklet 
corresponded to a an old magazine from like the 1920s and you had to find different words in there to spell out sentences and everything so oh, I, I did all this before she left serial killer type stuff <laughs> and then I... it's either very uh serial killer or very romantic yeah very it just depends on if she liked it yeah, yeah, yeah she loved it but she's supposed to read one a day and she read everything on the plane over i think <laughs> and then then i was writing her while she was gone for three months the thing is back then romania had just opened up from communist rule they had actually murdered their leader <laughs> Gorbachev so, or no, no, uh, or something like that. Um, Look at me with my Romanian knowledge. So I was writing to her, and I, I had to get it in the mail at a certain point because there's only like one time through that whole three months that she would get the mail. Well, it got held up. Not on my end. I sent it, but she didn't get anything. I, I think maybe there was two times, yeah, two times that she could have gotten mail from me, and somebody else held it up. So she didn't hear from me, and I, I think she was pretty ticked. But I, but I had been writing. Well, at the end, she finally got everything, and realized I had been writing to her. But I, I think she was a little, well, devastated over the whole summer. There was a movie about a similar <clears throat> plot line. There's this letters and a, a notebook. Oh. The movie is called The Notebook. Yeah. It's oh. a really cheesy, I haven't seen it. Uh, wonderful romance film. Okay. Very romantic. So, anyways, she came back. So, I drove out to Indiana, where she's from, and proposed. No, I didn't propose to her yet. Gosh, when. Uh oh, you better ask her. I, I went and saw her parents and her brothers, especially her oldest, her Matt. Yeah, man, you better get it right. We're recording here. Oh, uh, yeah. You better. Uh, yeah. I asked <laughs> them for lie. permission to marry her, and then I think when we drove back to Minnesota to meet my parents, then I officially proposed. proposed. What? How did the? How did her family react to meeting you? <laughs> did you talk to her dad first? Yes. Sounds like you guys know this story. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, so I don't. I'd never met him. I'd drive out to Indiana, drive up to her farm. She's not there. <laughs> but her dad's out in the barn and he's he's on he was lovable but he was honoring yeah. and i walk i'm walking around i finally walk into the barn and he's out there feeding the horses or something and, and he's he's looks at me and of course i'm not a farm boy i'm californian i got long hair down the middle of my back you know because this is after the air force you know so and he looks at he had hair to his belly button <laughs> it's pretty cool yeah. it's pretty rad so he looks at me and goes you must be Jay. Just Jay. That's the stupidest name I've ever heard. I'm like, man, this guy's... What, what's his name? What was his name? Cy. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't joke with him about that. Yeah. And he's like... I mean, he just lit into me right away. And it, finally, he kind of cracked a smile. I'm like, oh, he, he's messing with me. And and then I talked to him about marrying his daughter. I think even then, right there at the wow. barn. And uh, bold move. He's like, if you can handle her, go for it. I mean, that's about <laughs> all. He was like, yeah, whatever. Think you can handle her. So that's, anyways. Yeah. Good. So, How did Matt's go? Same thing. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He's ornery. He's ornery, but he's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's a good. Yeah, yeah he's ornery. ornery. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's ornery though. So, okay, so 
back to our story. I'm still living in Northern California. She's in Southern California because I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, proposed. Now I got to figure out what kind of job am I going to get. And she calls up and she says, you know, we're getting married in like a month. You really should move down here. We're, we, I can't figure this out myself. Maybe it was a couple of months before. So I moved down there not knowing where I was going to work or anything. But, but I landed a job and, and um, you know, we planned the wedding. We got married. Yeah. So, again, I'm being very logical, but I'm, I'm just giving you play-by-play what, what happened there. Um, we spent about a year de- down in a place called San Luis Obispo where she was from. And then um, I went to Denver to yeah. do a master's. What happened in San Luis Obispo? Like pivotal thing? <laughs> like what? what a what? son was born. <laughs> oh, it's Timon. Timon. Okay, there we go. Timon by name. Right. Sorry, guys. A again. son was born. Yeah, yes. our first. Yeah, that so. that was tough, Timon, because we had we had no family. Uh, we had, you know, we just were on our own. We had a little apartment. We didn't know what what would no babysitters nobody to say this is how this is what you do for a baby yeah yep. it was kind of tough so and you were colicky if you know what that is do you know what colic is oh uh, liver yellow skin i don't know coughs <laughs> a lot screams <laughs> non-stop one of those screams things screams non-stop there because their stomach isn't quite got settled yet and so i figured out i mean he would just scream and i figured out a way that jiva would feed him and then i'd take him him and i'd bounce him up and down and walk around and he'd throw up all over me and then he'd then he'd be cool so nice. so that's so that's yeah yeah, yeah. that makes sense yeah, that was, yeah anyways so then you moved to denver moved to denver worked on a master's in old testament history um i did not finish because uh, it was getting really tough to try to pay for master's level schooling and tim and you know, we have a, and then we we're gonna have another baby. Hadessa was on the way, and and we're living in a small apartment, in somebody's house. You know, and, and it's just like this. This is, you know, this isn't gonna work. And I'm not. I decided I am not gonna go thousands of dollars in debt uh, for a master's degree. I wanted to do the master's degree, but I w- but it wasn't going to be a money maker, and the church wasn't going to. You know, I was not a pastor, and no, nor did I want to be. But I wanted to teach. But I'm not going to make money doing that until a long ways off. So I, I would have had to go so far in debt. I'm like, this, this is ridiculous. So we moved here to Indiana, where Jiva is from, and landed a job and made our way up to Goshen. So that's yeah. it in a nutshell. You, you moved to Warsaw first, right? Yeah, we lived with her mom and dad for a while, but we didn't want to do that for a long time. I got a job in Goshen. And then we found a rental house in Warsaw, which was closer. So I was a little bit closer to work, and uh, but then eventually moved up to to Goshen to the north side. Where uh, what job did you get when you moved first came to Goshen? Uh, it's a place called Schwarzenduber Hardwood Creations, where they made furniture. They're in the old bag factory. They're still there. Uh, all their craftsmen are gone, but the the furniture is still there. I think I think maybe they people around here make some furniture for them. So, it's interesting. Yep. I remember going and visiting you there. Yes. Yep. You stayed yep. there for a little while, right? Yeah. Was there for for a while? Yep. Then went into construction, did factory, did financial planning, did, just just different things. 
Yeah. So carpet cleaning. Carpet cleaning. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You moved and done a lot of different things. Yeah. All over yep. the area. What? Yep. What's so? It was a job that kind of brought you to Goshen. Mm-hmm. And we moved here in '94. Yes, you were two. Yeah. And, and some of your podcasts, you said you were four, but you were two. Yeah. Because I think you were thinking of '94. I'll forgive you for that. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I was really young. <laughs> you were really young. <laughs> yeah. Yep, you were too. Yeah. Um Yeah. Okay. There was no question that. But yeah, so why why what has made you stay in Goshen? When family is elsewhere, um, you know, California was one spot. What what has made you stay in Goshen? Well, mom wants to go back to California, but it you know, our our little house and a subdivision would cost, you know, 10 times what we, you know, it's not, it's ridiculous to live out there. But um, what has kept me here? Well, I, I got busy just raising family and uh, moving is a lot of upheaval. So I don't see any use in moving. Especially yeah. since you went through that as a child too. Yeah. Moving all the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've never lived somewhere so long in my life. I mean, I w- the most I'd lived anywhere was two or three years, but we've been here since 94 when we moved here. Yeah. yeah that. Uh, so, yeah. I've never been anywhere that long in my life, ever. Yeah, 25 years. Yeah. That's crazy. It's well, crazy, yeah. <laughs> as you say. It's crazy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm new to Goshen just a couple of years now. What was Goshen like back in 1994? How has it changed? What... What it started out as for you? As someone who's come from California. Oh, I too. loved it. Yeah. Okay. So I spent eight years in California, a couple of years in Denver, which they're very similar. Uh, a lot of, well, city traffic. Um, in California, you have to do 90 miles an hour or you'll get hit. Uh, I come here and everybody is doing 40. Well, it's all the horses 50. and buggies. And yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm driving in Goshen and I'm looking. I'm at a stoplight and I've got a buggy next to me and I'm like, what is this? It wasn't, it wasn't critical. It was like, what is going on? What have I done? Not in a bad way. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. Something so, back in time. Yeah. And I've had developed some momish friends and stuff. So I've gotten to know who they are. And yeah, I, on a several year podcast, you talk about Goshen and there, there are a lot of good things about about Goshen. I don't like the winter, but the winters are a lot better here than in Wisconsin or Minnesota where when I was younger, I mean, they're a lot harsher there than here. So, but so uh, you've experienced it all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but well, the, there's a lot going on in Goshen, this little town. You wouldn't think it, but there is. Yeah. So you said, um, I talk a lot about, about a lot of the good things, but what are some of the negative things you see in Goshen? Um, you don't have to answer that. I mean, yeah. But. Well, when I first okay, when I first moved here, well, in California, and that that's been decades ago. Most of the this is a cosmetic thing, but most of their streets had curbs, even out in the country. A lot of times, I know that sounds weird, but the street ends at the curb, and the person's yard begins 
Well, here it's you got gravel and dead grass, and then somewhere in there the yard starts, hmm. and trash is laying on the ground sometimes. Another thing is most of their electrical lines were underground. We're here. I came when I, I came here. The first thing I noticed is like, man, there's telephone poles everywhere. The sky is just full of tele. It was uh, kind of ugly to me. So uh, that's. I mean, there's probably reasons why you can't put everything underground here. So you know, it's just one thing I noticed. Um, there, yeah. You know, there's in California. And Denver, both, um, you kind of stuck out as a Christian because there there are more secular societies there than here. So when I came here, I thought, oh, this is a great Christian community. But over time, you begin to find there's a lot of religious people who don't have a real live biblical relationship with God, but they have a, a religious tradition. And those kind of people sometimes are a little more difficult for me to to enjoy <laughs> than a, a straight out secularist who thinks Christians are jerks. Yeah. So how did you stand out as a Christian in Colorado and uh, California? Like, in what ways? How did that look different for you, or how did you look different compared to you know the others? I well, guess? probably not in looks, but. Um... Was just it just because you weren't like going to bars and doing the same sorts of activities, yeah. or kind of what? What did that look like for kind you? Kind of that, and you know, you study your Bible, and then you, um, yeah, I, I guess okay. stuff like that. Yeah, and the fact that we homeschooled. Of course, we weren't homeschooling until we got here, but um, just things that would it'd be very difficult out there to to do the things that we've done here. I think. But it's a double-edged sword. Like, like I said, there's a, a religious community here that that I've had some problems with. Um, yeah, I don't, don't want to badmouth people. That is bad what this podcast is all about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't have to. So, yeah. so you come to Goshen. There's that kind of sheen of Christianity over everything, and it's a little. But it's not to, true. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it is a veneer. Yeah, and underneath it is crap. So and what do that you, bugs me. What do you prefer, looking back? Do you prefer just the blatant, I, I am what I am, and I'm not a Christian, or that 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 veneer? You know, what do you prefer, hmm. looking back, what, as far as a society to exist That's, in? Man, man, these are good questions. Okay, I like the honesty of the, in your face, you Christians are weird. Yeah. I like the honesty. But here, there's there's a behavior that's, that holds similar values. So, so somebody can be religious, not not know the Lord very well, but be religious, and their behavior is going to be better because they're you know they're operating on behavior is what makes you good, which is not really true. But, mm-hmm. but it's it's um, it's actually helps your whole culture function better. And that sounds weird that I could be against like it, but rules saying rules and laws that are, are established on a preconceived notion about yeah. everyone holds. Therefore it kind of just holds society in a little bit better spot. Yeah. I, I guess like behave better. How like they, they scream at you and cuss at you less or they cut you off in traffic less. Like, like I guess you, you said, I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you, but like, what, what do you mean by that? We mean like they behave better here versus Colorado, California. Like, what are some um, very nut and bolt ways of, like, you know, they don't steal things from the grocery stores as much here, so it's a yeah. better community. Just things like that? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, that would be like that. And also, oh, 
you know are you talking about like crime and things like that crime may be less um and also you know people go oh what church do you go to well you don't say that in california what church do you go to they're like what are you stupid why are you asking me that we're here like oh well i go here or well i used to go here or whatever you know it's not an offensive question not that i i don't really go around asking people that but i I get asked that but yeah yeah, I don't know if I'm really answering that question very well, no, but no, I think you um, are. Yeah. No, that was a terrible answer. Thank you. Well, next, next. Try time. again. Try again. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, which, which, I, I wanted to say this is something about parenting. Yeah, go ahead, go for it. Is that okay? Is this yeah, I was about to ask we, you. We are talking about you raising about, yeah, children, homeschooling, and homeschooling. Yeah. Do you have a four-page lecture for no, us? No, I don't. Oh. But. I, do I, you have a four-page love letter for us? <laughs> <laughs> I do have something to say about Tim and and Lincoln both, but I, that, I'll have to say that later. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep that. Oh, okay, all right. I'll keep that. I'll keep that. Um, but you were asking me about the the culture here. Something sparked my mind. Is oh yeah, the behavior, the good behavior. Um, if you have a culture that's more legalistic, I don't like legalism. Mm-hmm. But it's actually safer than a a whole culture that's really permissive. So so let me address that. So you mean that. just like like orderly what people would call right. like moral behavior, not right. as in okay, All right. Right. right? So what I want to say that how that relates to parenting is 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 American culture has really American parents. This is going to sound mean, but I think many American parents have failed at parenting because they've went to one extreme or the other. And the two extremes are authoritarian parenting, which is your behavior kind of stuff, and permissive. Now, uh, an authoritarian type uh, parent... Which we saw growing up a bunch. Yes. And you've experienced that at some places. And primarily churches. Yes. Around here. Around here. So yes, going. there are some very legalistic churches. So an authoritarian rules by law. So they're not trying to... They, they don't produce children that love virtue. They produce children that behave well but are afraid to fail because if you fail, you're in trouble. And authoritarian parents also look at everybody else that doesn't agree with them as morally inferior. Okay, that is really... It's not good. Not good. But it's actually better than permissive parents, which a lot of people have swung that way even more. And a permissive parent lets kids do whatever they want. They're actually child-centered. So the child can do no wrong. The child can do whatever it wants. The child's never in trouble. There aren't laws. There aren't rules. Um there aren't and consequences. There aren't consequences, exactly. Or if you make a rule and the child breaks it, then you kind of, well, you know, it wasn't their fault or whatever. So that kind of parenting produces little hoodlums that are going to menace society. They'll grow up to be cheaters and backstabbers and... Well, do you think that or, or CEOs? Or, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. If I could, if I could interject, and you might be getting to this, which child is more successful in life from you, you can't pick the middle from one extreme or the other who creates the more successful if, child if i was to say um 
our political system wouldn't be permissive. <laughs> there are a bunch of hoodlums. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about politics next week with Jay. Yeah, we're not going to talk. About, I don't want to talk about politics, but um, you have a really good view on politics. I think. Okay, it's, well, it's thank helpful. you. I, thank you. It's good. Um, yeah, both there, parties are crap. The permissive parent will 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 produce a self centered, egotistical kid, but they'll probably get farther because they're going to step on everybody on the way up. Mm-hmm. Um, an authoritarian parent will produce children that behave or whatever, but and they'll probably follow the crowd. A good middle manager. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, let me give you an alternative. <laughs> okay, and this is what I'm striving for. I'm not perfect at it. I have faults. My my kids know that. But your kids so, have faults. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but what what you should do is train your children to principles, not laws. Um, let, let me give you an example of a principle. There's a, a sign that says, do not litter or $500 fine. Okay. So if, you, if, if you're a legalistic person, you're not going to throw litter out because you don't want to get caught. If you're a permissive person, you throw litter out because I don't care. If you're biblically... I don't even want to say. Principle I don't want to say. There are people that are not biblical but still operate this way. So I don't mean that in a mean way. If you're or just not biblical based, yeah. If you're principle oriented, you're like, well, the principle is I'm not going to throw trash out the window. First of all, I respect God's earth. Second of all, somebody else is going to have to pick up after me. Third, other people are going to have to look at the trash I throw on the ground. That's a that's a principle. That's not a law. Understanding the reasons behind why you do stuff instead of right. just saying I do it because right. this because it says not right. to do it because then all thinking is on the authoritarian therefore that the people who are underneath an authoritarian or raised up that way aren't actually thinking right. and the free thinkers will just be swayed wherever they want because it's just whatever's cool whatever you gotta start training right. them to actually think how yeah. how to understand the principle how to think through that type of stuff right yeah which is I mean, on a base level, that's how a lot of things happen in this world. You got to understand why this happens and how you play a role in it, and then how you can affect that for either good or bad or whatnot. Yeah, business, you know, your house, you know, finances, everything is kind of like that in a way. It's very principle based. Rules are easy. No rules is also easy. Discernment's hard. Yeah, it's so hard to to be able to make a informed judgment on what to do based on the truth of the matter, Mm -hmm. and that's probably why you don't see that a lot. It's because it's easy just to follow rules. It's easy to follow no rules. But in the truth in the middle where you have to take in data and make a good decision based on that data, that's yeah. it's hard to teach, which is in yeah. the Bible. You see so many rules from the Pharisees, you know, about how much work they could or couldn't do on the Sabbath. Right. And yeah. Jesus says, love God. Right. Instead of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a discernment yeah. right there. It's just yeah. loving God. It's discernment. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So that's my little gig on yeah parenting uh where can people find the j Masterclass on parenting <laughs> they can't <laughs> they can't have, have Coming you thought soon, about I'm... being a, a writer of some sort have you thought about doing maybe not a book because that's a lot to let's, commit to you let's circle back to the fact that you wanted to be a teacher have you thought about being a teacher on on a blog or <laughs> yeah. some sort of like um, podcast or... any way to dispense the knowledge that you knowledge have. yeah um because your okay. opinions and views are so, you take you know the right and take the left, and you you t- find the truth somewhere between. They're very not one extreme or the other. You 
kind of taken a lot of data and you give a very metered and fair sort of response to it. Thank you. Which is very refreshing to hear. Thank you. Well, honestly, um, the re, um, okay, when Timon was two, when we first moved, Timon's heard this before, but when we first moved to, uh, I'll make this brief because there's other stuff I want to talk about, but. Um, <laughs> Take your time. Take your time. When we moved here, uh, we were moving into our first house, that old house on, on Queen Street, and I'm trying to put some curtains up, and Timmons down at the bottom. Again, he's being childish, not fool, he's not being rebellious. You know, little kids do things because they're just curious, and he's, he's pulling on the curtains down at the bottom, and I'm up on the ladder trying to get these curtains up in place, and he's pulling at the bottom, and I just yell at him, stop it, or <laughs> whatever I did. Not, again, I didn't abuse him or anything, but he just melted. My little kid, you know, I'm like, I am becoming my dad. I, and, and I love my pops, but I don't, I mean this, but he was very angry. And I'm like, I cannot do that. And so I took, my wife and I took a class call, called Growing Kids God's Way. Mm-hmm. And the reason I know that's a good class is because a lot of people said, oh, that's a bad class, you know. Mm. Is that a so James Dobson class? No, Dobson okay. didn't like it. Okay. Which is why I did. <laughs> 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 To yeah. all the Christians listening, I hope you're yeah. laughing as well. So Yeah, so we took that class. Th- now, I don't agree with everything in the class, but we took it three times, and it's a three- to four-month class with homework. And some of it is boring, but I tell you what, it laid down principles. So what I started doing is training my kids to a principle rather than just getting angry at them because that's all I knew. So, so I can't take... Uh, you know, Full credit I, for I don't need to write a blog or the, the material's already out there. So, anyways, but I don't think people would be as intri- interested in the material. I don't know if that's true because they might be, but I think a lot of people might be interested in your perspective on the material. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Well, some people ask me, so I'm kind of looking at that to teach a little bit. But some people have seen um, examples of his children and are like, "How do we replicate that?" <laughs> <laughs> And then there are others who say, they're fine people. Keep them to yourself. <laughs> yeah, what two, I, two people I would that. challenge. <laughs> two people say that. I would just really challenge guys from your generation. And this is, this is a good thing. It's not a, you guys get so much grief for, oh, millennials or blah, blah, blah. No, just would challenge you guys to, to not take the permissive or the authoritarian side. Try to think in principles. And, uh, yeah, those, yeah, that would be, and write love letters to your kids. Tim knows this, but before I came over here, I was re- I was reading my love letter to Tim. I've, I've written love letters to all my children mm-hmm. in case, you know, I'm gone. They still have that. And, uh, I'll write a paragraph every four or five years, just a little paragraph. And, and, uh, I kind of started choking up when I was reading Timmons cause I know he's coming over here. I'm like, okay, I got to put it away. So Aww. that's a legacy, man, as, as a dad to, to do that. Call, and also call out the identity. You, you, you guys, someday when you have families, call out the identity of your family. Like, th- like this is what a nymph does, you know, and you, you tell them, this, yeah. this is who we are as a family. I remember as a kid, you would always be like, you're a leader, you're this, you're that. You would, like, tell me all these different things. And, I mean, I'm five, and I'm like, okay, cool, you know? But, like, as I've grown older, too, and my name means a certain thing i've seen that 
replicated in my life a bunch. So yeah. long-term thinking. I would say a lot of that is long-term thinking. You're seeing yeah. what's in the future, even though I don't see it in the future, and you don't know what's in the future, but you're saying this is what's going to happen in the future. So there's some vision to that too, yeah. which has been really cool. cool. To see as 27-year-old, looking back, I'm like, okay, I can see these points, boom, 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 where what you have spoken to me has fulfilled in a cool. way. So, Well, okay. Um, Go into you it. haven't asked me this yet, but you, you yeah, were no, asking. I was just listening to your one. Was it Steve? Yeah, Steve Press. <laughs> and I was listening to that. And I love your podcast, by the way. I I can't remember all of them. There's some some of them that really hit me. But uh, anyways, you you talk about what what's your dream for the next five years and stuff. And I was thinking, what if Tim had asked me that? I was just thinking about that today. Yeah. And I realized I don't have five or ten year goals anymore. I used to. They've actually faded, and this is okay. I'm kind of in a a different kind of term, time of life now where I don't have dreams or goals for myself, but I'm beginning to see this is going to get spiritual. It's going to sound a little crazy. This is going to sound that California hippie yeah. wonkiness. Okay, might be part I'm, here, of the I'm here Let's for it. it. Let's do it. I'm, I'm about it. We're, I'm on your side, yeah. man. We're rooting for you. Okay, there are generations in, of our family that have... Of our specific, of our family, yeah, and, and I've tried to find some of that history, and I think God has a call for every person and every family to do certain things, and I think my family line has lost its calling in the last five centuries. I can't prove that. I found I got back to seven generations and looked at some stuff, and whatever those that calling was, if you can imagine it, like a a wall and a gate in it. But if you look at it now, or not not right now, but if you looked at it before I came along and God got a hold of my life, you would just see a wall overgrown with thickets and everything else. You don't even see a gate anymore. But what God has called me to is to is to cut down those thickets and open that gate for my family line to start walking through. So I don't really have goal I, this is not patting myself on the back. It's a realization of what God's doing. It has nothing to do with me. It's, I, it may sound, I don't want it to sound arrogant, but mm. I got to cut that stuff down. I've been opening gates for my children and whoever's after them. Um, and it, it isn't something I deserve and I can't prove it. I'm just telling you what I think God is doing. No, the profession of landscaper or gardener is not a glamorous one. So I don't <laughs> think you there. I don't think you're patting yourself on the back by saying that. Okay. If we're gonna keep that analogy alive. Okay. Well, that's very cool. very interesting. Um, how'd you find that information about the seven generations? Twenty three me ancestry.com. No, nope. Uh, okay. I did. Some, it's very hard to find information because it's usually you have to pay to get it now. So I haven't paid for anything, hmm. but. Um, I got a little bit online, and I, I could only trace through my, my real father. It's really lost. I can't hardly get through that. I can't find much there. But uh, through my mom and then all of her, the grandparent, grandparent, grandparent. So I got back to this one about six generations ago. There was a guy, and this is a negative story. So he has a wife. He has a wife. His name is Jonas. So Jonas has a wife, and then he's a huge landowner, and he lives among the Cherokee. We have Cherokee in our line too, by the way. Oh yeah. Oh I know. Um, 
Jonas. But just for say that again okay. one more time for everyone else that's listening. There's there's one that I like. Cherokee. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, as well as French, English, Welsh, whole mix. Irish. Yeah. Um, I guess there's some Spanish too from that DNA test. But, oh wow. Uh, okay, so Jonas uh, is a guy that has a lot of land, and he gets a license to uh, make spiritus liquor. <laughs> and th- this is in the uh, Smoky Mountains, and uh, he has a distillery. In the what time period? Seven generations 17, ago, 17, early seventeen okay. hundreds, okay, uh, or middle seventeen hundreds. Jonas is making probably bootleg moonshine or something like that. He has a distillery, and a woman works for him. I guess she needs a place to live, so she lives at the distillery. Well, he has two kids by her. Oh wow! And one kid by her daughter. Oh, and wow. he's married to another woman. Oh wow! So I'm like, this is, this is not good, man. And uh, there was some sort of dispute. I don't know between him and her or what. But anyways, she was basically made to leave. So the distillery. Okay. The distillery. So she. So she has. By the way, her daughter died after childbirth. So she has three sons. And one day she says, I got to go find the cows out in the field or whatever. And the kids are all playing. And I go, okay, mom. And she's like wiping tears away from her eyes. And she'd walk a little bit. She'd look back and she'd wipe her tears and she'd walk a little bit. And they never saw her again. So I'm like, So that's where your family comes from. That's one. I'm sure there's good. I'm sure there's some good examples too. But that's the one, a story I found. I'm like, man. So anyways... That is not what God has for our family. Is is a is stories like that. That's not what we're about. That's not what we're supposed to be about. And uh, that just that just kind of breaks my heart. A little kid going, well, "Where's where's mom going?" And then never sees them again. Yeah. That uh, thread of being orphaned has come through several. And that's that's not just one generation, but being orphaned. Um, are. Four generations back, there's divorce, and that's pretty. That's not really big back in the uh, 1890s. Divorce, um, kids were orphaned because of that. Just a lot of brokenness and a lot of crap. And I think God just said, "No, no more." And and every every father, you guys will be fathers someday, has a decision to make. Am am I gonna am I gonna say no more, no more of this? There's several things that God has cut off in our family line. Because he showed me and then said, no, we're, we don't have to do that anymore. And, and again, not, not being arrogant. It's not about me. It's just about getting revelation of who God is and what he has for our family. And I mean, I didn't mean to take that no, huge no, turn. So part of, I think part of the gatekeeping and, and being a landscaper and dealing with all that stuff. Um, well, first, let me, let me say this. First off, it's great to see that you have a little bit of emotion. <laughs> and you've evolved since 1991. It's beautiful. All right, thanks, man. So, you know. was I getting hot there? No, it was great. But secondly, it's it's really interesting because you you said that you're a gatekeeper, and you you're cutting th- you're cutting that stuff and you're opening up that gate, you know. And you think right. that was cutting off, saying no, no more this, no, no more that, no, no more this. Right. Is that was that the pruning of the thickets? Yeah, exactly. What would you say those things are? What are some things that you've seen that are just like? For our family, we're not going to be this and this and this. Well, 
we don't have to be alcoholics. Like we're having a beer now, but we're obviously not drunk. Yeah, well, I'm trash. I'm just joking. I'm not trash. I'm not trash. Uh, we don't have to be alcoholics. We don't have to. We don't have to resort to divorce. And I am not. I'm. People have. There's people in our church that have been through divorce, and it's heartbreaking. So, I'm not criticizing them. Um. What are some other things? Oh, we can. One gift that God has given us is to is for our family specifically is to love his word to love god and love his word very simple you know uh, that's just there's nothing i hate worse than seeing a christian that doesn't know anything about their bible <laughs> like yeah. okay that that gets it see now i'm getting kind of mean i don't i don't want to get there i don't do that um it's okay yeah it's gonna be a little mean yeah i'm learning that yeah so and and also, it's okay to be different than all of culture. Now, I don't want to be anti-culture to, to uh, what, do, what do you call it? Exhibitionism. People want to be different so that they get attention. Hmm. No, no, I don't mean that. I mean, it's okay to be different like I talk about the Lord, and it's okay to talk about Him. Or it's okay to do this or that that looks a little weird to society. It's okay, so... I don't know. I can't think of anything else right now. You'll have to spur my mind on. No, that's good. That's really good. I feel like I'm wobbling a little bit here because I'm not sure what what I'm saying. Oh it's no, just kind of like fine. flowing out without yeah, thinking. Yeah, that's the that's the. This all makes sense. It's not wobbly. It's <laughs> part this of Tim's podcast. All very cohesive. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, this is definitely. No, it's cool to see that you've taking a a very active approach in your role as kind of the patriarch of your family and like kind of restarting restarting it a little bit it's it's cool to see that like you're very mindful and you've taken a very active kind of kind of approach to it yeah pretty much like down with the patriarchy (laughs) i know patriarchy is kind of a bad term nowadays but you didn't mean it that way oh in the way it's supposed in a in the good good sense of the word you're Taking yeah. your family, you're guiding it. You're yeah. It's cool yeah. to see that that intentionality. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. cool. I think one thing that I've learned from you is long term thinking, and I think that has been displayed very well. Because you, if you don't see a goal in the in the long term future, and you start working towards that, you know a lot of people are short term. They whatever just satisfies their needs right now. They don't think about tomorrow or the day after. Mm-hmm. And for me, I've it's just been drilled into me for some reason. You know, maybe this was intentionally by you, but also the circumstances we lived in and just maybe the principal mindset and stuff. But I'm, I'm very, I think long-term on a lot of things. Yeah. You know, I want to know what this does to affect this, to affect this, to, to the end outcome. So, right. Which is cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm very blessed to have that, that thought process. So anyways, cool. uh, you can get his masterclass, uh, <laughs> <laughs> parenting by Jay. <laughs> They'll be out on all social medias by the time this is released. What other things do you have to talk I, about? Or what other things do you want to talk about? Look, this may... Let's go down. He came prepared with a list. He has a of stack love. of papers in front uh, of him. Four-page essays, 12 four written page. on them. <laughs> okay, I, I saw something just this week that really shook my mind. And, okay, you know that I have an education, so I'm not anti-education. Right. Okay, I'm not. 
Um, Sounds like you're awfully anti-education. You have to qualify <laughs> have to your quali- statements with my, "I'm not anti-education." It's like, it's like saying, oh, "But I have a black friend," I, or "I'm, I'm not racist, friend. but or, I'm not I racist, have a trans yeah. friend." <laughs> Actually, racism is, is the next thing after university. System. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's the next sheet. Let's uh, bring it up. So Let's do u- it. University system. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-six hundred years ago, there was a man, Nebuchadnezzar. Are you guys familiar with him? He was the uh, emperor of the Babylonian Empire. His father had been successfully expanding against the Assyrian kingdom and then clear down south into this Egyptian kingdom. And Nebuchadnezzar was um, successful at that too. And, And so basically most of the Middle East was under his control. I mean, not let's just say a large portion of the Middle East was under Nebuchadnezzar's control. And this is the time of the book of Daniel. So, um, back the whole world as they knew it yeah. under his control. Right. So what he did, and you guys are probably familiar with this, is that uh, he took, he effectively basically overpowered Jerusalem and uh, deported the best and brightest youths from from uh, Jerusalem back to Babylon. And then he put him in a three-year program, a university program, to learn their language, their culture, their religion. And uh, so basically they were inculcated with his, with his thinking, his culture, the way the Babylonians did things. And then he, would, he, was, he strategically placed them in positions of power. It's, it's actually brilliant. Mm-hmm. You, you place them in places of power in your own kingdom and also among the minority ethnic groups that he was controlling so that they can also train their own people to think like Babylonians. Um, and so the, I, the cool thing about the book of Daniel is in a way it's a, it's, it's a, a manual on how to respect the king and not lose your value in your relationship with God because Daniel did that, but he there's things he wouldn't do, you know, but he wasn't disrespectful, but he, there's things that he wouldn't do. Um, anyways, so I was thinking about today's university systems, and I think they're very similar to the Babylonian mindset in that most universities, please don't get mad about this, but most universities lean left or very left, most. And they have a very progressive ideology and so they want they attract the best and brightest especially of ethnic minorities and this is not a racist statement but and give them a full ride which i'm glad for people to get a full ride to college again i'm not i was i've been to college um but i think there's an ideology going on that they're trying to spread their their way of thinking into positions of power across our whole culture. And I would just uh, challenge young people to not leave college, but to be aware that you may not be getting the whole story. And, And this is not a plea for people to become conservative, but just think about, that's what I love about Joe Rogan. Uh, he's left of center, but you can talk to him all day. You're not gonna, he's not gonna, he talks to people that are way more conservative than him. He's interested in that. Yeah, way you know. liberal, both sides. Yeah, both sides. Yeah. That see, 
college should be a place where you learn how to learn, not learn how to hate. And I think they're producing a lot of people that hate our history, hate our, especially white culture, and it's very flawed. I'll I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But um, that's that's not a way forward. Is to is to hate our can, history and can I bring back the authoritarian? Yeah, and also the very child centered. Okay, you said when an authoritarian. Those kids or those parents typically think that they are superior to other people when they don't think the same way they do. I see that same spirit and sometimes in people who are educated because yeah. they believe that they are s- superior to those who are uneducated. It, yeah. Well, not always. Not always. I don't want to say that across yeah. the but I've seen that in some cases where they're like, I have to teach you to think the way I think. Mm-hmm. You know, because you are not as morally superior as I am because I think these things. Yeah. So, do you think that's, <clears throat> excuse me, do you think that's their fault or do you think it's a, a society problem where we've just preached for a long time if you have an education, you're better because you're smarter? Yeah. I think a truly educated man will realize that everyone has value and no one is, you know. Okay. Right. I think I think a truly educated person would say, okay. Uh, if I think I'm greater than others, then I am in the wrong and I'm, I have pride, I have problems, I have real, real things that make me think I'm more above someone else. And so, you know, cause you can learn so much, the more, the older I got, the more I realized I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. And I really, there's a lot of people who are going into college who think they know everything. And I'm like, you're truly not educated. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Is that? Is that, that part just, of culture? Is that, is that just part like of every eighteen-year-old you've ever met, though? Yeah. <laughs> no, because I've met some eighteen-year-olds who are just brilliant people who are really humble. Yeah. It's a very rare thing, and sometimes they didn't go to college. You know, so I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. It's difficult. I would say maybe I think it is a lot of cultural stuff, but yeah, I don't know. I remember in college sitting on a bus. And uh, I'm not sure why I took I took the bus once in a while. I didn't need to, but I'm not sure why. But two guys were arguing. One guy was obviously not edu- college educated, and the other guy was really well. His his language was very high. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Using big words. Big words and stuff. Yeah. And I was listening to both of them, and the guy that was uneducated actually was right. But he was losing the argument because the other guy looked better and had big words and, and knew how to argue. And I was like, wow. That that was just a good... I was just listening and I'm like, just because you're educated and actually know uh, ways of logically pinning down your opponent and stuff doesn't mean you're right. I, yeah. So but that's... I don't know. I just... I feel like there's a lot of situations where the truth is less important than how good of a mediator you are or how you present your side. Like that's just so much of life, you know, doesn't really come down to what you view as right or wrong. Cause if you can't present yourself well or negotiate for yourself, well, your view doesn't really matter. Hmm. And so if you're a good negotiator, you know, if you can yeah. present yourself well, that's really valuable. Cause sometimes what your perspective on the truth is doesn't actually matter in that situation. I don't know. 
Yeah, we that's that's why we have lawyers. We've but. talked about how intelligence isn't always IQ. It's how you can communicate so the ideas present and yourself. present it. So if I hmm. I may have a lower IQ of someone, but I can connect with more people and get my idea. Therefore, my idea in the way that I connect with people is higher than just just some guy with an idea because hmm. he can't communicate that to others and can't rally others to do stuff. Right. I don't know how that pertains. It's just something that we've talked about in the past, which is really interesting. Yeah. And it, there's like almost two types of IQs. You know, it's like the IQ of. You know, you can listen to a scientist talk about something, yeah. and understand nothing because they're not smart enough to convey their ideas to, to anyone. You. Yep, yep. They may understand mm-hmm. themselves, but what good does that do? Because you need to get that idea out to everyone. And I'm not saying the the truth doesn't matter because you know the truth of the situation is always important. Mm-hmm. But in the context of, are you going to uh, get the truth to win? That's what I'm what I mean by the truth mattering or not mattering. You know, you mm-hmm. might not have been speeding, but if that cop thought you were speeding or doing something illegal and you can't present your case to a judge in that situation, that truth doesn't, just doesn't matter then. Right. Because someone else has a, has a case against you. And so I think the truth always matters, but being able to present the truth matters a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah I, I think more and more our generation is realizing that college is not the answer that we were told it was specifically like even younger kids. I know a lot more younger kids who are like, I'm going to go to trade school or I'm going to go do this for a little bit before I go into college. Um, just because like, I don't understand why people go to college. Like, I don't know why I went to, I'm glad I did. Like there's some good experiences that came out of it. The reason I'm, I, live with Lincoln is because of college like there's a <laughs> lot of good things that came from it but for my job mm-hmm. there was no need for me to have a college education like my boss doesn't like there's a lot of people in my in my call at, at where I work who have not gone to college there's a lot you can do without a college degree and I just mm-hmm. thought there was a lot higher I remember when I was talking to this guy who flaked on giving me a haircut today but he, uh, <laughs> I doubt he's gonna listen to this. Uh, but <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! He might. Who knows? He might be super into your podcast. Uh, Come I on. That. So um, he was telling me that he wanted to open up a pizza store. Uh-huh. This was probably like 2015. He told me he wanted to open up a pizza store, and he's like, "I gotta go to college for that." No. And I said, "I said, dude, you do not need to go to college for opening up a pizza store. Literally, start making pizzas and selling it." And yep. you can, he's like, wait, you don't need a college degree to open up a pizza store? He had thought really? that you had to go to college in order to open up a business. Wow. That was the thought patterns from the education that he got. And I was like, dude, no. Like, you don't need to do anything. You can make pizza all day long. As long as it's good pizza and people want to buy it, do what you want to do, you know? Yeah. Like, that's, that's really the, that's all it is. College doesn't give you the keys to do it. It's just, you got to make something that people want. You know, that's, that's the baseline. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I don't know. No, college is such a horrendous joke that society plays on 18-year-olds. Like, yeah. when would you tell a child to spend sixty to $80,000 on anything? Like, even a house, like at 18, maybe you shouldn't be buying a house also. Because <laughs> yeah. you're not equipped to make a good decision on what a good house for, you, for what your needs are. Yeah. And so... And burdened with a monthly payment of, you know... More than what a house is going to yeah. be. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and it's viewed as an investment, but college tuition has gone. How much did you pay for college when you went to college? 
Yeah, I said I got pennies. out after four years with a five thousand dollar debt. Yeah, pennies. but I did have grants and stuff. pennies on the dollar compared to what I exited college with after grants mm-hmm. and scholarships and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And twenty thirty k per year. And what investment has gone up that much over the past twenty five years? Nothing. Nothing has appreciated that much in value over twenty five years. Yeah. So why are we putting so? I feel strongly about this. I'm sorry. Yeah. Why are we putting so much stock in this fake thing as an investment? When it's really not going to actually get you anywhere, and it's, it's going to burden you the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm a little biased when it comes to this. Well, you I got a, a raw deal. It. I had a conversation with my mother recently. Um, Did you tell her to listen to our podcast? No, she should. She doesn't know that. She should totally she listen know. to this podcast. Um, <clears throat> I tell everyone they're going to listen to thousands of people should listen to this podcast. Seven hundreds of people should yeah. <laughs> listen At this point, to this. Yeah, it's about 700. It's crazy. So anyways, my mother got a letter in the mail from my, you know, FAFSA, all my federal. Yeah. And she, she opened it for whatever reason. She called me She's Lincoln. Like I looked at like what you owe on your loans and stuff. And like with the payments you're making, like you're, you're never going to pay these off. Do you know that? Say, say yes, mom. <laughs> yes, oh, <no>. I do. <laughs> She goes, well, why don't you pay more on these? It's like, well, I, I just don't really see why I would. I could kill myself for three to five years to pay these off, but why would I do that? Our, all of our federal loans are probably going to get forgiven at some point, too. And, yep. and also, just, yeah, like, I, I also, I don't know if you can just make additional payments on your student loans. You get penalized. Yeah, you I yeah, got it, a fee. And it, I got a fee for paying, off a, for paying off a loan. I got a fee. And you, $600 fee. And you can't, you can't just pay them off. You have to file, uh, like you have to apply to pay them off yeah. too. Like yeah. they don't. They have make to approve it... you to pay off the student loans. It's crazy. And it's so and stupid. she was going through like, why are they charging these interest rates? And this seems awful. It's like, yeah, mom, student loans are pretty kind of predatory. They're kind yeah. of messed up. Mm-hmm. And to not really tell an eighteen-year-old, like an eighteen-year-old, would have the capacity to understand the implications right. of a student loan, especially to those dollar amounts. But what that's going to mean in the long term, like, yeah, it's really messed up just to tell a kid to sign on the dotted line and that this is going to be worth it. Because those are just lies. It's not going to be worth it. Yeah. You, I'm not going to make this. Never mind. So in the Revolutionary War, when they wanted black people to, to be in their army, they just said, sign the X on the dotted line. They didn't know what they're signing up for. They didn't know what they're getting. They're just having people who did not know how to read just write an X. That's literally how I feel with that's a bad comparison i take that back but honestly it's the same kind of principle as like people don't know what they're getting into because did, I didn't did fully you understand. No, I didn't did fully you understand. understand what he was getting into as an adult no you can it's not it's not bad to I say no to, didn't i i didn't want him to take the loans out okay yeah that's, but that wasn't your there was another factor that yeah, yeah yeah that's so. fine like and if, I and I and I came out of it a lot better yeah. position than most. I people. wanted him to stay home to save money, but I also think you learned a lot of lessons. A lot you would have lessons. saved a lot of money if you would have stayed home. But <laughs> yeah. the, the reason <laughs> that's why you grew up and learned so many things had nothing to do with college. It had, right. had everything to do with you were working, you were living on your own, right. you were right. doing life as right. an adult for the first right. time on your own. That's why. That's why I learned so much from college. That's why you learned so much from college. That's yep. probably why you learned so much from college. Well, probably not because of the Air Force and whatnot. But yeah. I don't know. It's just... What he learned it did not apply to anything in this world. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you told me that over and over yes. and over and over again. Yes, but, but your, your degree applies to what you're doing now. 
Yeah. But your degree, Lincoln, has to do with your personality. You have idiot. such a heart for people. No, that, I don't. Yeah, you I do. Hate everybody. <laughs> All right. You're observant, <laughs> you're see. honest, and you're trustworthy. Yeah. And you have this heart for people. That's why you're at, uh, you know, helping the kids out and stuff. Lifeline, but, yeah. Lifeline. And it's a terrible job. It, it was awful. Yeah. And I think you've been kind of stomped on and that stuff, and that's it's given you a bad taste. And that's too bad because the heart's still there, but you're just kind of treated raw. Right. So yeah. you, your, your podcast made me really angry. Not at you, but at things that happened to you. Well, that's okay. That's okay. So... But that heart's still there. Yeah, so those, those people are still employed, making lots of money off of kids. They're going to be in debt the rest of their lives. That's fine. It's not wrong at all. Yeah. It's interesting. More and more people who revolve around that place have heard our podcast. And it's just like, it's interesting. Just the, the outer ring yeah. of people who listen. It's just very interesting. So, uh, You know, truth, I, truth, yeah. I was going to go to Grace to finish up my master's degree. And I wanted to get a part-time job there. And some of the things I had to fill out, do you believe in social dancing? I'm like, well, I hate, I hate to dance. Mom can't get me to dance. I'm just, I look like a stupid white boy when I dance. That's what my, my black friends would tell me in the Air Force. Silly white boy, you can't dance. <laughs> 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 and, they, and I love them for that. They're, they're right. Yeah. But anyways, on the application, is, do you social dance? Or do you agree with social dancing? And I'm like, yeah. I don't dance, but what's wrong with that? So I wonder if that's the reason I didn't get a part-time job there. (laughs) That got repealed. Oh, did it? My junior year. So 2013, (laughs) you are now allowed to dance at that school. Maybe I can go apply for a job. Uh, No, I don't want to work there. Before then, you could dance as long as it was choreographed dancing. Oh, or by yourself. Like Billy no. Idol dancing. No, so, you couldn't listen to that sort no. of demon music there. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Hell no. Heck no. <laughs> Heck no. no. Heck no. Oh well. Oh jeez. I don't want to keep harping on that. So racism. We can. It's fine. Racism. Yeah. Pull it up. I really like this this word racism. I really. I know. Did I say like? <laughs> I dislike. Did. Oh, you're I'm a sorry. huge <laughs> fan of racism. <laughs> no, All right, I'm not. It's okay. I dislike the word racism because it's this connotation that the white race is racing towards an evolutionary superiority, and it's not. Because I believe God made all people, he values all ethnicities equally. So so first of all, I, I don't like the word race because of that, and I also reject evolution, but I don't have time to go into that. But so this... Rejected. I do. So this insidious behavior, racism, but I want to say this. This is really important because I know you you guys have a lot of friends that are all ethnicities. And you know how I look. I mean, I've I've got friends that are all sorts of ethnicities. It sounds like I'm making a No, well, here's the thing. But here's the thing. I'm half Farsi. We already established that (laughs) in the early early part of this podcast. Like, it's cool. What was his name? What were the two names? Father and Abbas, mother. Abbas, Abbas and Afsana. Yeah. Uh, so this they are Iranian. Come here's on. What I want to say. Come on, guys. Racism is not endemic to the white population only. It's in every ethnic group, and I have stories of other yep. ethnic groups being racist. We gotta cut this podcast off. Oh man, it is going. 
way too down Sorry. the conservative stream. No, I'm just joking. Keep going. Sorry. Keep going. No, no, no. I mean, you might not get a lot of pushback in this segment because we kind of just agree with. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, won't be much of a conversation, but it's. Fine. Oh, okay. It's cool. No, keep going. Keep talking. Well, okay. So uh, dispenser was when place. I was in Dominican Republic. The Dominicans were really nasty to the Haitians. Now I'm I'm sure the Haitians probably were back to them. Okay, so I was just observing this when I was there. I'm like, wow, that's when I was in Ireland. There was, you know, there's the Catholics and the Protestants that don't like each other. So that's not an ethnic group, but among the Hispanics, I have a lot of friends that are Hispanic. But um, I have a friend that's a regional manager. Well, not manager. A regional director for the Hispanic pop, uh, ministries in um, the western region of the U.S. And he was telling me, he's Mexican, but he said there's a lot of strife between European-type Hispanics and Mexican. They, they, they look down on each other. There's a strife between them. And I'm like, really? Because I'm, again, silly white boy, I'm like, the word Hispanic to me means somebody who speaks Spanish. No, it's it's much more diverse than that. But um, even the fact, like we grew up with some people who are Colombian, and they would look down on Mexicans because yes. they were Colombian. And I'm like, what? I'm like, you guys look the same to me. Which is, yeah. not, but little six year old me, I'm like, they're telling me these things. You didn't mean that in a racist way. Yeah, I'm just like, but they were racist because they looked down on Mexicans. Yeah, the Mexicans were inferior. Yeah, because they didn't speak properly. I'm like, that's racist right there. Um, In Jerusalem... A little editor's note. In Goshen, when we say the word Mexican, it's not a derogatory like slang for Hispanic. There are actually a lot of people from Mexico. The majority of the Spanish speakers (laughs) in Goshen are from Mexico. It's not like when a white person says Mexican... No, it's there are a lot of people from Mexico who actually live here. It's not just a harsh generalization. Yeah, Yeah. In, in Jerusalem... Um, the racism is really deep. They're Arabs. Boy, they were... No, I wonder no, why. I, I have but some, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I also have Arab well, friends who have felt really the cool. same... Who are very cool and have been to Jerusalem yeah. and have been discriminated against because they are Arab. Yeah, American that's probably Arabs. True. Yeah. And that's so that's, true. that's there as well. It goes back and forth. So I, I'm not... I, I'm just saying, look, just because I'm white doesn't mean I'm racist. Because I've seen it in other ethnic groups. So racism is a sin that's deeply rooted in every human heart that has to... You, you, you have to have a revelation from God to go, wow, this person's valuable in God's sight because they're a person. Not It doesn't matter what skin color they are. And once you can see people that way, then um, you know, the battle's over. You're not, it's not like you're racist, you know. I don't know. I just, I just kind of wanted to say that because I have been seen as racist because I'm white, and and that really bothers me because look, I I value people who are honest, trustworthy, respectable. So when you call me racist because I'm white, you're telling me that you value people that are liars and cheats and backstabbers. That's what you value. That's what it's saying to me because you automatically assume that you are, yeah, not. And that, well, they may think the same thing, but they automatically yeah. assume that you are a liar or a cheat. They don't know who you are personally. Yeah. So they don't know just, who you are. That really bugs me. Yeah. My, my neighborhood, I love Luis. Who will be on this podcast at some point. Oh, really? Yeah. He's great. Yeah. On the other side is a, a guy named Kaz. He's great. They're, they're great neighbors. I have. I don't care. Yeah, our neighbors are pretty what, diverse. Yeah, it is. 
They're great. You know, They're great people. Black, white, Hispanic, yeah. Amish, all in the same neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it is. It's yeah. just like a, a melting pot. Yeah. That is. Yeah, and across the street from me is a, a white guy that has tattoos all over all over his body. I talked to him. He's he's not a hood. The he's worst great. of the races, white trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. He, the thing is, I've had more trouble with white people than I have any other race. I did on the north side of town. I did, yeah. yeah more, especially more like over the years. Yeah. Just like, it's, yeah. we, we have people rifling through our trash. They're white. It, it's interesting because um, Saturday when we were cutting down my tree, one of the people was like, I was telling them about the fact that, um, you know, I put my dryer and my wa- and my dishwasher out in the curb and they're gone. And they made some derogatory term about, you know, certain color people just like to grab stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, the thing is, I'm 100% sure it was a white person who came <laughs> and grabbed that. Like, it was. Like, you, really? you can be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. I, I was like, okay. And I've heard some other stuff. I think our church needs to be a little bit more diverse, is my personal opinion. I think that will happen. Um, but people are pretty closed off from other areas. And they just don't understand. They need that connectivity. They need to, mm-hmm. to you know, the thing is, we moved to the north side. Half of our half of our neighbors were Hispanic, mm-hmm. and that's who I grew up playing with. Yeah. And I didn't know they were Hispanic; they were neighbors. Yeah. So that's how it's always been my whole life. And I think there's been a lot of people who've been closed off. Hispanic have only been closed off to Hispanics. You know, black people have only been closed off to black people. White people have only been closed off. Amish have only been closed off to yeah. Amish. Like you see those tribes, communities, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to change. I hope it changes. Because uh, there's a lot of good stuff that comes from every single community, mm-hmm. every single community. There's bad stuff too. Yeah, you get you get the good and the bad. But mm-hmm. as long as someone is trustworthy, and you know, honest and not a liar, I mean, I I mess with you. You're a good person. Yeah. And so I see that. Yep. You know, and I think a lot of people need to see that, and to automatically assume you're right. To automatically assume they're one way because of the color of their skin, white, black, Mexican, Amish, you know. That means you are racist. Yeah. So. Let me tell you about Jacob. Okay, I'm a, little, I'm a little kid. I'm about eight years old. So Pops. Pops is a salesman, and he has to uh, go into Milwaukee uh, to deliver. Uh, he worked for Philip Morris, so they had Marlboro cigarettes, stuff like that. So... So you're saying Pops used Pops. to just serve the cancer to everyone? Yes. Sell, sell the cancer to everyone? Yeah. Yeah. Good times. So, I like some cancer sometimes. Pops, yeah. Pops had a salesman, Jacob, uh, black black guy, African American. I don't. Know, he, urban. We like to say urban. Okay, I don't know what's proper. <laughs> so I'm I'm just a little eight year old kid, and um, Pops had Jacob over for supper, and I loved J- Jacob was so so. Anyway, I'm not used to. I mean, I ha- I do know some black people as a little kid, but but so. So we're sitting at the supper table eating, and uh, and Jacob's talking back with pops back and forth, you know, and and uh, Jacob liked to go, "That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful." I, he just so I'm eating my supper, and you know, and he and pops said something, and Jacob goes, "Man, that's beautiful, man." And I go, "You know what's beautiful is you're sitting here eating supper with us." And he just started crying, and I'm like, "That that's just a little eight-year, you know." In other words, I hadn't been trained in racism and it wasn't, you know, I don't know. That was just a cool. You were just glad to that. have him there. And I, was glad just... To, I was just like, this is really cool. Jacob's here. 
I like this guy, you know. Uh, and that's cool. I said, that's what's beautiful. And he just... <laughs> was that the 70s or 80s? Yeah, that would be... Uh, uh, yeah, early 70. 70s. Yeah. 1970, 72, somewhere in there. Yeah. So, yeah, Jacob helped my dad. When dad would have to go in down, downtown Milwaukee, and Jacob would be with him, and, you know, and people wouldn't like him. They're like, what's a white guy doing here? And Jacob would go, he's cool. He's cool, man. It's all right. So he kind of protected Pops, you know. That's cool. That's cool. So that's my little story. Yeah, I think uh, in the 70s, 60s, we were even more tribal than we are now. Yeah. But all all, all groups, I think yep. that's just being dispersed. Yeah, but Pops had this fight in Vietnam, and guys fighting next to him were you know, all different Hispanic groups. or black or whatever. You know, you, you cover each other's back, so yep. it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I heard a, they were talking on a podcast I was listening to, and it's just like, you know, the more diverse you get, that's not a problem, but you need to have a common goal. And a common goal is what's going to help diversity. So we can become more diverse as a, as the United States. It's not a problem. Mm-hmm. But we if we don't have a common goal, like for in the 80s or 70s, it was Russia was going to come and they were going to kill us. It was the Soviets, you know. And so we all had a common goal, and we worked together towards something. But if we don't, then we're only going to infight. So and we, that diversity I mean, we, will come back to hinder us. I got, I got so we have to have a common enemy? Is that yeah, what you're not, saying? not even a common, but a common goal. So like when you're okay. working in the military, you're all working together. Yeah, yeah. that's not the best. Well, that Hold Can on. you still hear me? Okay. Come, come forward. This is called being an old man. I got to stand up. Yeah. I'm also very tired of sitting, but... I'll deal with it. Yeah, I'll deal with I'm going to do aerobics while you talk to me. Okay, no worries. But I just thought that was interesting. Is it was, someone was talking about is just like diversity is good, and there is some good things. But when we, as a nation, become more and more diverse, we don't have a common. You know, we all agree on these things. We all are focused on these things. We all want the betterment. Mm-hmm. Um, then we'll become fractured again. Because we don't have something that's supporting us together. So, like when in the military, you're all working together for these purposes. So you yeah. can have a whole bunch of different people working together, and it doesn't matter race or gender or oh, all these our things. common enemy was Russia back then. Well, yeah, but you're working together to defend the United States. Whether it's mm-hmm. but you can see in the military over and over and over and over and over again this throughout whenever because it's like we're the military is a group of people and it's all a bunch of weirdos, not weirdos. I don't want to say that, but it's all a bunch of just like different people working together, but they all work together. Right. It's because they all have a common cause. And so as the United States gets more and more diverse, if we don't have a common cause, it will fracture us because one diverse group might want the con and they might say our common cause is this, but another diverse group might say our common cause is that, and there will be a fracturing that happens. So what should our common cause be now? Do you think, um, I think that our common cause should be all of us. We should see everyone as equal, and we should the basic tenets of our constitution, you know, in our Bill of Rights. We have the freedom of speech. We have the freedom to believe whatever we want to believe. We mm-hmm. have that everyone is valuable, and yeah. we have the right to pursue it. Be pursue happiness, right. If we all believe those things, we all believe that that is how it is, then I think there that's a common cause. I think that's a big enough common cause to keep us together. 
and to become more diverse because then you're like, okay, I want you to have happiness and all you to pursue happiness. And I want you to be able to say what you want to say and to believe whatever you want to believe. Mm-hmm. But when it's like, you have to believe what I believe and you can't be happy unless you're doing, unless you're making me happy. You know, that's, the, the, that's, that's going to, you know, make everyone, um, hate each other. Mm-hmm. So. Here's the yeah. thing. You're wrong. <laughs> about everything you just said. Okay. Our right. common enemy is Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people think that. A lot of people and a lot of people have united around that. It is a common cause. It is a common I th- you're, I think you're right. There are a lot of people who believe that. So He's trying to get me to talk so, about politics. No, no, I'm not no, no. Do it. I was trying to make a joke after about six minutes of nothing funny being said. Yeah, I know. No, it's good. Oh, trying Lincoln. To, uh, trying to interject something silly in that. Lincoln. 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 What, um, what other things do you have to talk about? I only had well, one thing about social media. Okay. Drop Ooh, it. What do you yeah. think about social media? Yeah. Tell yeah. us your thoughts about okay. social media. Okay. I, I grew up without social media. Yeah, well, you said something about a four track. I had no clue what you're talking about. Oh, do you want me to tell you what a four track no. is? No, oh, you don't. Okay, <laughs> I think you can say it. I think I know what you're talking. Go ahead. Go. What's a four track? Uh, a four track recorder. Ah, oh, this was dope when I got it. To use your words, dope. Oh, okay. Uh, you take a cassette player, and you can record on one track, and it has four recording heads. And so, if you're on track one, you don't use the rest of the tape. You only use a small part of the cassette tape. And you like I would lay down drum tracks and rhythm and sing, and then I would go behind and I would add on the second track, which so, so the it's record it has four recording heads on the tape, so I just the so first, it would literally write your recording on one section one fourth of the tape. Yes, and so you could record four times on one tape. Exactly. Okay. So I could so I'd do my rhythm and my drums. I'd set up a drum machine rhythm drums i get the song worked out that so that i'd have the bones of the song and then i'd go behind it that's I'd, on one track that's one track then so you I'd, do rhythm one guitar second vocals third no i no. did i did that's, my rhythm that's the guitar, right way of doing it yeah. <laughs> so you have to sing it over and over because you need to know what your song's you have to write the drum track so you, yeah you make the drum track it's going you do it all to play my guitar and i'm singing so i lay down the whole song that way and then i come behind and i can do another maybe a different rhythm and sing um harmony harmony mm. and maybe somebody else is playing bass at the same get as many people as i can on one time and then somebody else will come along on a third track and do electric lead or something like that because you only have four tracks but the, you can you sound like it sounds like maybe you have five to ten people playing on your song wow. once you're done wow because you fit three per track yeah do as much as i can on one track Interesting. so it wasn't stereo i mean it was stereo in the fact that you could Put track one, one pan at one. See, way I'm not even sure when people say mono or stereo. I'm like, okay, okay, well, one's one ear and the other is both, both one and one ear and another and another ear. Well, and one's both ears. I don't understand if, it. If you nailed put, it, if you put, <laughs> right. yeah, if you put headphones on for the bumper music that you're going to put on the, yeah, yeah. Tim has got new bumper music. By yeah, now. shout out to my dad for making <laughs> music for my podcast. Uh, something I was going to tweet before you came over, but you came over way too fast. Oh, sorry, it's okay. Yeah, but, so, yeah, so if you put earphones on, you're going to hear the maybe the symphony or the strings are a little bit to the left, or I don't remember, but maybe some parts of the percussion are to the right and some to the left. I, I pan them out a little bit different so it fills. 
like you're in a room with people around you. Gotcha. That's stereo. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So social media. So I grew up without it. Um, I I was in well, my mid-40s before I first got, got my first cell phone. Could you, could you tell me what your social media was as a kid? <laughs> uh, Mud and sticks. <laughs> yeah. Smoke signals. Smoke signals. Uh, okay. You have to find a payphone somewhere along the road and try to call home, I guess. That would be... Well, what were like the gathering places when you were a kid, like in your neighborhood? Was it like well, the park or like the basketball court or like what? Uh, where were those spaces that people kind of, you know? I lived out in the country in a small town. We, you would have to coordinate, uh, you know, Friday night we're going to be, so, somebody, somebody's parents are gone, we're going to have a party there. So that's where everybody congregated. Gotcha. So it wasn't, it, it was, we couldn't text each other or anything. Somehow we figured it out. So, but Heart through the grapevine. Yeah. It's a real thing. On your party line telephone. Yeah. <laughs> so mid-40s by, by the time you got a cell phone. Yeah, that's when I got my first cell phone. Um, so social media, now I know that's different than a cell phone. Social media is Facebook and tweeting. But see, it's very easy for me. I'm not attracted to it. Like I don't, like at the end of your podcast, how can you get a hold of me? You can't. I don't have Facebook. I don't you can have tweet. you can DM me and I'll relay your messages to him. There you go, old fashioned way. Old fashioned way. Um, so it's called the grapevine. So, <laughs> so I'm not putting down Facebook or Twitter or anything, but I I'm just not attracted. I, I don't have I don't want to I don't want to use up time doing that. I have other things that I want to do. Yeah, and that's not a put down on people that use it. Um, uh, Say it. This is interesting. Say it. My buddy Scott back in, in college. So I, I graduated in 90, in 90 from college. And I went to, and. I remember that year. You were not here yet, you little booger. So. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> Same you little booger. All right. I can say that. I'm your dad. I guess. Uh, Jeez. So um, after I got out of college, I went back to see my buddy Scott, and he's hauling these big wires like the size of a you know, six inch pipe through the ceiling of the office building he's in and i'm like what are you doing scott and he's like i'm connecting us uc davis i'm connecting us to the world wide web and i said what is the world wide web and he said it's it's like it's like a communication system and i could talk to somebody on the other side of the globe on my computer so that's that's my experience of. So I remember when that began. Okay. Can I blow everyone's mind real Go quick? Go for it. World Wide Web is the www. <laughs> you type in when you type in www.google.com. It's worldwideweb.google.com. You gotta go to the web before you can go to Google. Yeah. <laughs> mind blown. So, all right. Yeah. Wow. So that's my that's my generation. So. Um, it's easy for, you, for me to ignore social media. It's not. It's not a real problem. Your generation, you probably still remember a, a, a phone on the wall with yeah. a curly cord, right? But it's be, it's becoming very distant for you guys. Yeah, and dial up. Dial up. You remember yeah. that? Um, I remember you, when we didn't have internet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There was a time in our family that we just didn't have internet until I was a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. VCR, digital. Yeah. I remember. Not digital. Cassette, I remember cassette tapes. Cassette, cassette tapes. I remember. I've made some VHS's. mixed cassette tapes. I own a record player. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Come on. 
So that's that's. I've heard that you guys don't like to be called millennials. So I. Oh, I don't care. You can call me whatever. No, it's a fine label if people understand what the term millennial means. Oftentimes, people get millennial and the the generation that follows it confused. And tell me the difference, will you? Help me out. The the age cop for millennials is like... Yeah, anything positive is millennial. Anything negative (laughs) is the generation below us. Well, no, because millennials are actually a whole lot older than people think they are. Like, I'm I'm a very young millennial. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think the the cough is is uh, it's like eighties and nineties. Yeah, is like, like what it is is millennials. The cough is like pre nineteen ninety five, and so all the negative things about like kids not working those millennials. Well, those are really like Gen Y, right? Yeah, y. I I've, it's kind of there's not an actual science and there isn't thing. an actual so science it's like either any of these generations. Yeah, it's, it's either like ninety five, <laughs> right? No, it's no, it is one hundred percent is it's either like nine. It's like mid 90s or late 90s it's one of the two and they they, they it differs on who you talk to because a lot of people say they millennial have, it's right now people who are like like 25 to 40 that's like yeah. what millennial means is you're coming yeah. to age as the millennium happened but then some kid. say after 2001 was such a traumatic event so anyone born after 2001 and anyone before 2001 yeah. it, that's the generational I, cut i've I heard it that's both a ways. very unpopular opinion yeah I've, but oh i've heard gosh, both ways I'm, I'm confused now Anyways, okay. millennial is not the youngest generation right now. That yeah, is, no, if we're, yeah. If we're looking in categories of yeah. okay. generations, the next, yeah, the next. Let is, me say your generation. But you're can right. Remember I hate before. being called a millennial. <laughs> okay, good. I'm, I'm, I need to know that. I don't. So you know when I say it, it's not derogatory. But no, I get it. It's okay. okay. It's just a nice way to say your generation, and it's all inclusive. Could be okay. whoever. Okay, you guys in your twenties and thirties know what it's like a little bit before social media the next generation which is my younger boys they they they, they're swimming in it they've never known anything but that okay i mean i see two-year-olds playing on ipads and stuff you know now again i'm not saying that's wrong i'm just going wow um so i here's here's what i want to challenge your generation with if if you're listening I think there needs to be some healthy boundaries around social media. I'm not saying you can't have it. I'm just saying some some healthy boundaries. I, I don't I don't struggle with it because I don't participate. It's easy for me not to participate because I didn't have it. I don't care about it. And and again, I'm not saying it's bad. I just don't. It's just not who I am. My younger boys they don't know anything but social media and and all the things that they grew up with. But you guys have been, you kind of know, I think your generation is going to be the ones that can set up healthy boundaries. Because if I go spouting off about social media, I look like I'm just lecturing. And plus, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's not, I don't have the authority to deal with it, but I think you guys do. So that's what I think your generation is called to helping our culture get some things figured out. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Um, You're asking a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. As a millennial, I don't like to be asked a lot of. Yeah, I hate that you assume that I can reason and have original thoughts about things. It's very ableist of you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I got that water for you, by the way. Yeah, no, you Why should I do water when I can have beer? Was that tasty or was that not tasty? <laughs> that is good. Um, I actually 
Lincoln thought he would like it. So good call. Lincoln, good job, man. So with social media and technology and humans, I don't know if there's going to be a part of our culture moving forward where we step away from technology. Yeah, I don't think I don't, we can. I don't think humanity and technology are going to part ways. Mm-hmm. I think we're only going to get closer and closer and closer. And so does it make sense to take a principled stance when it comes to not interacting with social media when in 20 years you might put on a pair of glasses and that is your reality yeah so yeah i don't know i don't know that's why i said healthy boundaries healthy boundaries i i'm yeah some discipline some boundaries always good things but what's the future going to be do you need to be able to interact with technology probably yeah and so in a lot of ways, your sons, your younger sons, are better equipped to deal with the future than I am, even because they can interact with technology better than I can. And yeah, so, but see, see, they'll they'll listen to me because I'm their dad, and they they know I'm looking out for them. But but I can't go beyond my family. I don't have the authority to do that. Plus, I don't know what I'm talking about. Here's something so, I realized in January: that me not looking at my phone during work hours gives me a competitive advantage above all others for sure because at my job as well i don't i don't really punch in and stuff i just as soon as i finish my tasks i can go home and so at work i don't look at my phone and i don't take a lunch break and i don't stop working and i get done with work a lot faster when i succeed in not doing i am more valuable to my boss when i don't look at my social media yeah it's like me realizing that like blew my mind i'm like oh i have a competitive advantage against all of my peers because i don't have to look at my phone for eight hours if i cannot look at my phone for eight hours that means i'm going to be more valuable of a worker to my boss which means he's going to pay me more or i'm going to get more work done which means i'm going to get paid more it was like a mind-blowing experience there is some very real return to you not looking at and and same here like but it's just like home an hour or two hours earlier yeah. Heck yeah! I'm. I'm. I'm not it's so much it. better. Yeah, I think. I think you're right. I think it just needs to be healthy. Boundaries needs to be. First off, displayed. You can talk, but you have to walk the walk. So, like one thing I do is I turn my phone over. You can see my phone's put down, so it's, I'm not getting notifications while I'm talking to someone. Because mm-hmm. I want to make sure you don't have those notifications enabled on your phone. Because yeah. I do the same thing. Yeah. Like I don't see when someone messages me on Facebook or whatever. I, yeah, I have no, those push notifications all turned off. If you want to get me on Facebook, I have to be on my actual Facebook on my desktop. Which I am you. for six to eight hours a day anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I don't, I don't get on it enough. I miss, I miss out on messages, but honestly, they're all pretty crappy messages. Yeah, anyways. not in a real way. Yeah. yeah. It's like, ah. And I think a lot of times we thought that the 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 messaging back and forth is like a conversation that happens between you and me but in real time i could choose not to answer those messages if you ask me a question in person i have to answer that or i have to say i do not want to answer that i can't just leave it like red or you know what i'm saying or you can't think about your answer for hours and hours and hours and craft a perfectly yeah. formulated answer that makes you Maybe. sound like a different person than you actually are. Even when I craft that perfectly formulated answer, it still is full of flaws. It's not. It's like trying to tell. <laughs> I've tried. It's like trying to tell jokes in real life versus writing yeah. a really good tweet. Right. 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 Yeah. You can definitely cultivate something. Yeah. 
Interesting. Good, 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 good observation on the social but media. But in the dystopian future where it's all just a simulation, you get into your pod and put your headset on, is it going to matter? Yeah. But we're living in right now. So we got to deal with it right now. I definitely feel like, um, I mean, I've talked a lot about social media, so I think there's something that we lived in. We, we, as in Lincoln and I are living in the wild, wild west of social media. Okay. So we're, us, we don't we're know learning. the consequences of it. We yeah. don't know if it's going to be horrible for humanity or like an okay thing. But hmm. little brothers will see how it affects us and realize what how to maneuver through social media in a much better space because they've seen examples of people who've gone through it all. And it's, through, it'll be the difference seconds. for us. It's a novelty for them. It's just life. And so, you know, we were super into Facebook in college cause it was new and it was a novelty and we couldn't have it before that. But your younger sons, like it's just kind of a normal thing and it They're might not seem Facebook. less attractive cause it isn't a novelty to them. Neither hmm. of them are on Facebook, which is crazy. Yeah. Facebook but they're both on, garbage. Yeah. Joe's just on Twitter. I was like, okay, Joe. All right. I've been on here since 2011. I've been cool since 2011. He's now realizing that Twitter is the one to go to. They're all garbage. <laughs> Twitter's less garbage, in my opinion. It, and in it, my opinion. It's just an exercise in What's the reality the... that you create for yourself. Because you yeah. can follow a lot of people who tweet a lot of garbage that you don't want to see. And your social media becomes very miserable. Yep. And that's yep. what we've both been realizing is... Is things get better if you unfollow and mute some people yeah. on social media? Oh hmm. yeah. And I don't know. I don't know how healthy that is. People say words like echo chamber. Mm-hmm. Like if you're only just listening to opinions that you agree with. But there, I think there's a big difference between disagreeing with someone, and just garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I I have a lot of people I disagree with, and agree with on my Twitter who I do not mute or. But there's a lot of people who would be conservative where I would somewhat align myself and they're complete garbage. And I've muted them so I can never see their garbage on my timeline. Yeah, there's again. a difference between garbage and being stimulated. AKA Ben yeah. Shapiro. I muted him. Good good for you, man. Everyone loves Ben Shapiro. I still watch him sometimes. But I can't I can't his tweets. His tweets are too much. I and the stuff he retweets, I can't. I can't. That that dude is not built for two hundred and sixty characters or two hundred and eighty yeah, characters. Now, yeah. <laughs> He has I too still, many words. He still speaks some truth on a lot of different issues. It's just like, I can't. But then there's it's, white females that we know that we're just like, I can't have this. Not, they're not all white, but majority of the women that I mute on Twitter are white. It's just social media. It's a... <laughs> social media is just, it's a container of Oreo cookies. And two or three Oreos is pretty good. Four or five, it's pretty good. But when you eat the whole damn yeah. thing of Oreos every day, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty bad. Yeah, you're right. 100%. And so it's 100%. just, like you're saying, self-control principle, a metered approach to life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's here's my question. Um, what do you think, and I asked you this before our podcast, but what do you think, you know, we kind of may have already touched on this, but our generation, mm-hmm. what's stuff that we, you think, have to deal with that are like, you know, obstacles in our in our in our pathway as a generation. Maybe even to coming back to the point where you're clearing a path, opening up the thickets, clearing the opening up the gate, clearing out the thickets for our family on a, a micro level. What do you think are on a macro level, on a huge level, are thickets that are are possibly clearing or hindering the ability for 
a whole nation or culture or people to go through the gates. Oh my, that's a paragraph there. Yeah, it's a good. That was a good. It was. Yeah. What was it again? No. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Listen, guys, my age. What? Okay, I'm gonna give you a story again. One time, I walked in. Okay, we used to walk into church, and there's this guy. I'm going to call him Bob. I'm going to change names. Nice guy, older guy in his 70s or older, would hand you the, he was a greeter or whatever, make sure you get stuff uh, as you walk into church. One time I saw him outside of church sitting at, I think maybe it was in Napanee, sitting at a table, and I think, I guess he must have been a farmer because he was dressed like a farmer, and he was around a table with a bunch of farmers that are all 70s. And they had the sourest faces, you know. They're like, ah, kids these days. You know, I'm like, Father, Lord, I'm praying. Don't let, <laughs> I don't want to be an old man like that. So, to your generation. Someone who's better, basically. Yeah. So, it's so easy to go, millennials are lazy. Millennials don't have jobs. Millennials, you know, that's bull crap. I mean, some are lazy, just like. You have to. Oh, I didn't swear, so okay. yeah. Some you, have to, are you don't have to beat that up. <laughs> no, you, you know, some, some are, are lazy. lazy. Some are stupid. Some are effeminate, and they should be men. Okay, but not all of them. So I, I really don't like that categorization of millennial. And you don't like the word millennial, but just, just dumping on your generation. Uh, I have a lot more hope for you guys than maybe my generation tends to kind of throw on you guys. So is there a lot of things I see negative about you? Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe in this technology space, you already kind of talked about that. So Yeah, the technology space, I think you guys need to have boundaries. And everybody does. So um, I don't think most millennials are lazy. I think... They don't have the job opportunity. Remember when I said I got out of college? Okay, I get out of college, and I have a degree, and I'm 80%, 80% of the population doesn't have a degree like me, and I can't get a job. And instantly I'm labeled as, well, you're not trying hard enough, or blah, blah, blah. You know, that same attitude. I'm like, I, I don't, you know. So I don't want to throw that on you guys either, because because you've been through it's it. Just, yeah, yeah, it's just too easy to, to categorize you as this, this, or this. Just like I don't want like to be pigeonholed as racist just because I'm white. I don't want to pigeonhole you guys as, as lazy, be, as lazy and, and, and feminine it, and all these yeah, things. Because I you're don't want to do that because, I mean, I, the, the millennials I know I, I think are awesome. <laughs> I mean, our church, half of our church is millennials. I love it. I love it. And there's another thing. A lot of the what they call them, again, I'm saying millennial in a good way. The millennials don't go to church. A lot of them don't. I know, You know why? Because they're fed up with fake church. They're fed up, fed up with denominations that don't, that have a bunch of rules but aren't principled in their biblical understanding. So the ones that are at church are really authentic. And uh, I love that. Yeah. So I... I'd rather, if you're a millennial and you don't go to church, I'd rather you be honest and not go rather than go and behave like a Christian, but you don't, you're not, you don't really know the Lord. I, w- I want real people to be And there. also your children may be CEOs. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> shouts out so, to you guys. 
So gosh, I mean, do I have what what wisdom would I have for for your your generation? I I guess I don't want you guys to be hopeless. I I hear that there's more hopelessness among you and and the next generation down than than past generations. But I don't know. I don't no, know. I think that's true. I but I think that's changing. Okay. I think I me personally growing up I thought there was a lot le- lot less hope than there is as I realized there's more and more every day I really oh there's hope here there's hope there there's hope here and I think that is changing for a lot of people but it may not but for me I was hopeless at certain situations hmm. especially technology I've talked maybe a little bit about that but I just didn't think there was anything good that would ever come out of technology Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to see like blockchain and cryptocurrencies and different things that are like, oh, technology can be used. Oh, I can delete my whole internet history if I need to. There is some hope. They don't have full control. I read a blog. I read. A, I, uh, I'll, I'll share. I'll share. A, I'll share. A, I'll share something with you a little bit after the podcast. Figure out how to delete my whole internet existence. If I if I if I want to delete Tim's podcast, but at this point, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm too deep. All but. right, so. I- so I, do you feel like you fully kind of flushed out that question? Because I have a question no, for you as well. I probably have it. I think I only. Yeah, you never answered it, but it's okay. It I was a great answer. Did I not answer it? Okay. You said you don't have it. You don't see any hopelessness, maybe. Yeah. And I keep think asking true. me questions because you probably need to dig. Because I didn't have this prepared, and that's no, good for okay. me not to know what to no, say. No, this is a, a super generic question, but I care about your perspective and your opinion on things. So I'm going to ask oh, it thank anyways. You. Uh. What's one thing that you would tell uh, your twenty-year-old self looking back? Mm, With your question. wisdom now, what would you tell yourself at twenty or twenty-five or thirty, whatever age you want to pick? What's something you could you would want to give yourself? We'll say age? eighteen or twenty-two. Yeah, those are <laughs> we, either pre or post-military. What would you want to tell yourself? Okay. Well, yeah. Or post-college. Okay. Or even a younger. A younger man woman what what yeah. is some chunk of wisdom that you'd give down to someone that you would see beneficial as someone who's been through a lot of yeah. different stuff one thing so this may sound unspiritual but our family has suffered financially like like i, I remember tim and one time needed uh, tennis shoes for to play basketball and we had to go to Goodwill and look and they didn't have a size M- my younger boys now we're at a spot in the last five years I've started making middle solid middle to upper middle class I've never been there before in my life mm-hmm. so I put a lot of things on hold to to do ministry things and I try to do I tried to serve the church and stuff and I and I think I got behind financially because I didn't have a career or anything like that. But yet, if I would have had a career, would I have had the relationship I have with my family? I don't know. But that's one thing that has bugged me is that uh, we've taken it on the chin financially for decades. And, uh, you know, I, I, like I'm not going to retire. I'm going to work till I die. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not complaining about that, but. His retirement plan is sitting right it's, across it's from Timon, him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a pretty good retirement plan. I don't know. 
So uh, what do I do wait, differently? Wait, 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 wait. It's, it's better than my retirement plan. Uh, if you guys could support this podcast and tell all businesses <laughs> to let me know that I would love to do some advertisement for my dad's retirement. So I, I wish I was at I wish I was at my spot. A lot of people have paid off their house and they're they're moving it. I mean, I just I'm 56 and I just started this year putting away for retirement. I finally have a company that actually gives me a little bit of retirement. This is the first so, year you ever had a 401k. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's actually called a simple plan because it's a small company. But yes, this is the first time ever. So, and we've homeschooled, so that means you're kind of a one-income family. So we've been behind the power curve forever. So, but again, maybe that's best. I don't. I don't know. I'm not answering your question again. I think. No, no. Like, if you could pass something down to a 20-year-old, someone just starting out. It could be it could be very practical, like financial or mm-hmm. more existential. What what do you think you would give someone? Get the big rocks in your jar first, rather than the small ones. So, try to get your debt. Okay, on the practical side, try to get your debt paid down or not go way into debt, which may mean not going to college, because I'm not sure college is the answer anymore. Um, I don't. I don't think it ever was. <laughs> Guys, I think college is the answer. <laughs> So this is how we're a very fair and non-biased podcast. Yeah, Tr- try to stay out of debt as much as you can. Um, try to get on a track where you're. I, I mean, maybe you have a crappy job, but be thinking about another job while you're doing that crappy job. Or yeah, work the crappy job so that crappy job could be a better job. Someday. Yeah, yeah. Um, but 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 don't neglect the spiritual stuff. Okay. When I first became a Christian, one of the best things that I was trained in, like within the first month, is, okay, here's how you re- here's how you read your Bible, and and communicate with God. I mean that has, you know, I've been reading my Bible for uh, f- over forty years, um, and that being able to get a perspective outside of myself is that's been crucial. Okay, so that's a big rock. That you know, having a, a personal, not a denomination, not a relationship with the church, a relationship with the true and living God. So, so do some practical things like stay out of debt if you can, or go very little into debt. I mean, a house. You, there's no way around it. Um, I don't think Dave like Ramsey would say that. <laughs> <laughs> and get your spiritual and know who you are as a person before you have to add another. Like, like your identity sh- shouldn't be in another person. Like Lincoln should be who he is because he knows who he is, and then you add a, a wife to that, who Tim also is. knows who she is. Yes, the same, the same. Yeah. You know, it's not just Lincoln should know and then just add yeah. someone. Should be Tim knows, and then adds Lincoln to his life. I'm just trying. <laughs> but no, aww. but no, but for like, yeah, both people, you need to know who you are. You can't yeah. figure out those growing things. In a relationship. Right. Or that's where we see what's happening with just the divorce rate and the, yeah. the, the things that are happening with families. I mean, it sucks, but right. Yeah. But go ahead. I, yep. I want to, We'll go off on a tangent there if we, if we go into a tangent. So, so try to be financially, fisc, you know, fiscally responsible. Try to get your spiritual life in order with simple things like your personal relationship with God. And then try to get some help parenting because you're going to raise the next generation but but that's 
generations of things that are going like i said that op- opening that gate for my my kids you know the, these are things that have been closed for centuries to our family um so so yeah being a good dad is more than just you know being a good dad um, will have rewards way past you being dead yes Exactly, so, and that that's more rewarding than anything you could physically have, right? Yeah. So maybe I haven't had the careers that I sh- wish I would have had earlier. But if I had the careers and not a relationship with, with my kids, then I'd rather be poor and like like. When you I were, would rather spend time with Tim and 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 Hadessa and Alea, and I would rather spend time with them than have a career. You know what I mean? Like. I love in, in a practical sense. Them. I remember when you worked as a financial advisor and you were gone 24/7 and you left that job even though you may have had potential to make a ton of money and it was pretty strapped and sometimes you're making a lot of money, sometimes you weren't. I remember that. Yeah. But you're like I don't see my kids. Yeah. So I'm just going to do something else. And you pivoted into a job that was terrible <laughs> for 6 years. You know. Yeah. I remember that. And but yeah. the thing is you were around us. And you yeah. were still part of our life. and still part of all of us. You know? Plus, the financial planning job killed us for three years. Yeah. It put us so far behind and yeah. so far in debt. So don't go into financial planning unless you have income. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's my... Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. That's a black that. spot on my career path. Yeah. You just kind of leave that one off the resume when you... <laughs> yeah. I don't even make resumes out anymore. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? That's some yeah. life advice same, right there. Same here, man. Same some here. life advice to the, the past generations. Resumes? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So again, I don't know if I answered your question. No, I, mean, you I don't know what to you do, do for your good. generation. I don't think your generation is failing like everybody says. I don't, I don't so think either. it is. Um, I think we're in a much better position than they think. Yeah, and I, I think once a lot of people realize that, a lot of our, our like people my age will realize that there's going to be acceleration that happens. Right. Yeah, I have a pretty negative outlook on millennials as well. Um, <laughs> I have that conversation with with coworkers and people I interact with, like kids these days, who just don't know how to work, and just I don't know. Well, you know what? The are those people my age saying that? Some of them, yeah. You know, you know who's responsible for the kids that they're complaining about? Oh, they those are. people. Those people who didn't yeah, raise those kids to work, yeah, yeah. That's no, my, it's just that's my dig at American parents. Yeah. I just so. sometimes I feel like an old man because I interact with people who are who work in grocery stores or who those those lower wage jobs should belong to kids trying to get their start. Like all oh, these kids, they just won't work because there there are a ton of open jobs right now for you know kids and mm-hmm. they're they're not filled. And just this week, I was talking to the butcher at a grocery store, and he was talking about how much he had to work because there was no one, you know, working there. They had a ton of open jobs because kids just didn't stick around. Jeez. Like, well, maybe uh-huh. some, maybe like I don't, I just don't understand that because in high school I couldn't get a job. Yeah, uh, it was two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Uh-huh. You know, in that time where there just there were no jobs because every forty year old who had a career needed a job too. So they took oh, those. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I couldn't get yeah. a job when I was in high school in in the small town I grew up in. Right. So, so I've never understood why people just don't show up to their job, even if it's a terrible job. Yeah. So yeah, I, I feel I identify with you on a lot of things, and that's one of them. Kids these days, and I don't <laughs> want to be like days. that. But I just I it's an easy trap to fall into. Yeah. But, Right. 
So what I like about Lincoln again, okay. this is a different yeah. thing. Is Circling back, observant. You can, all of, you want, just he, he's observant. He's honest and very trustworthy. Uh, Timon left for a year, and this house, even though it belonged to Timon, was taken care of by you for a year. I Maintained. only trash the house a little bit. No, yeah. not even, dude. Yeah. I mean, he can't trust. It isn't anybody that you can trust with your house for a year. So I, I just. Man, hundred percent. Yeah, double agree You're on awesome. that one. You're yeah. awesome, man. Thanks, guys. And yeah. you know, I'm not your dad or anything, so I don't know. I, you know, I've known you for what four or five years, maybe. Yeah, thereabouts. So, yeah. I, yeah, I don't have a negative thing. Was it about 2014? Is when I graduated. You knew him when I graduated. I can't remember the first time I met you. I don't yeah. know when that. Yeah, it was probably when you were living with me. Maybe. I don't know. I maybe interact with yeah. you a few times. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't until... 2015, 2016. 2016 is when we moved in here. Yeah. Probably remember when uh, Matt came to visit you and he stayed in your... Yeah. It's when so that was 2015. Maybe probably, even 2000... That was probably the, when I first started hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. I and there might have even been times before that too. But it was just... It was around there. So yeah, five years. Six years, mm-hmm. five years. Yeah, no, I I like your family a lot. You guys, yeah. I've always kind of welcomed in all the all the the neighborhood stray cats <laughs> to to be a part of your family, and I've appreciated kind of yeah. as one of those neighborhood stray cats. Oh, know, I it's know, been it's nice. Gonna... Nah, man. Yeah, nah, dude, you were the t- the type of cat that I would go out and talk to the groomer, and you you were like you were like a a cat mill cat. You know what I'm saying? Like a very unique exotic breed that I'd pay thousands of dollars Aww. for. It wasn't a cat Thanks, that. I guess. It wasn't a cat that. You know what I'm saying? I had to go to the pound. No, because for, for a minute, like we didn't even really hang out. Because after that first year, we lived together. We didn't live together after that for quite a while. Like, but we talked about it. We talked. We talked and hung out, and there were periods of us really hanging out, and there were yeah. periods of, of us just not hanging out. A lot of breakfasts. A lot of brunches. A lot of brunches. A lot of brunches. We did brunch was good. We did a lot. Of yeah. Cool. But yeah. So you're, I'm, I'm glad you're his roommate. You're a good guy. And uh, what I love about Tim is he's an encourager and, and a leader. I've said that too. And um, you're able to network and you have vision. So, and again, because I know Tim and longer, so I have more things that I can say about him. 27 years. Yeah, I've known you. Are you 27? Yeah, unfortunately. So, I've this you'll find this funny Lincoln um, I think I've said this I said this to him in a while just just recently uh, we were kind of disputing about something and I'm I'm like Tim and okay I'm not an alpha male I'm more like a beta male but I have leadership abilities and stuff because I've been placed in leadership a lot so Tim is an alpha male, but he his dad is a beta, and so <laughs> we do things together as a family. He's got to come under my authority because I'm the dad, and yet he's chomping at the bits because he's got, he can see kind of through things. He's like, I know what we need to do, and I'm like, I'm I'm not there yet. So that's kind of that's hilarious, but he he's not disrespectful to me when when he disagrees, and so I love that. 
So. There are many family vacations where I was like, this is what we need to do, and this is how we need to make these decisions, and it takes us 45 minutes to get yes. there. When I made that decision 45 minutes yes. ago, when we were two miles closer to the restaurant yes. that we were trying to go to. So yes, it's all good. It's okay. It's all good. That is true. But I made sure that hurt feelings weren't hurt in the midst of, yeah. Uh, feelings were hurt. Feelings were Only yours. Hurt. Yeah, okay. All right. So that's very interesting for me as a... Yeah, no, it's, to, it's to, to have a yeah. Just, I want just, I want yeah. you to make the decisions and stuff. It's fine. It's a lot easier when you make the decisions and they go bad. Oh, that was my idea, but I'm glad I didn't say it. <laughs> I'm used to bad decisions. I've paid for them, so yeah, yeah. I can handle it. <laughs> well, that's so, good. Yeah, it's really funny. It's yeah, it's yeah, and then you know Hadessa's female but she's an alpha female oh she is crazy she's put me in in my place i'm yeah. like well i don't like this <laughs> but she's yeah. right on a lot of things she yeah. is right on a lot of things our relationship's really cool too yeah i like it she'll be on the podcast at some point too mm-hmm. and Leia's more in between yeah she's a little bit more quiet but she still has her ideas as well yeah, yeah. And, and the little and boys are still coming joe coming and jake and it, yeah yeah it's cool yeah 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 so, any more questions? Yeah. Any more things you want to talk about? I should have got more stuff ready. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We were ready to go for another hour or two. We, there can be a part two. This yeah. doesn't yeah. have to be the end of you well, being cool. on the podcast. Okay. I can come up with more uh, observations. Yeah. Cultural observations. Well, it was a pleasure having you on here. Thank you. And it's a respect being your here. wisdom. And I appreciate it. Thank respect you. your guidance. And it's been pretty influential in my life. For sure. And the fact that I'm where I'm at is because of all the things that you put in front. Thanks. I mean, there's no... I, I'm very lucky slash very blessed to be where I'm at because of my family. So I realize that. So mm. anyways, um, your rewards will be in the future. Yes. Your retirement will be on me. <laughs> Again, support this podcast if you guys can. <laughs> but, please, uh, please. I'm thankful that you've opened the gates for our family and everyone who is involved and surrounds me, I think we'll also get those blessings from you initially pioneering through a lot of different things. So very thankful for that. Thanks. Thanks buddy. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm glad I've just been able to, to be in the room. (laughs) Obviously that, that pertains to just to, 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 sorry, to tonight. (laughs) I stutter sometimes, but also like, like just in the dynamics of your family, like I'm just so grateful just to be in the room sometimes. So uh, I wanted you it's, here. Yeah. It's good to be around you guys. It's good to be around your family. You guys are yeah. a yeah. lot of fun to be around. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, that's good. Anyways, there will be a master cat class on my dad teaching on how to parent. Uh, I will <laughs> oh, be releasing that on like a future pressure. day. Yeah. yeah. Thirty-seven yeah. part podcast. Oh, Thirty-seven part up. podcast coming up. So, all right. Well, thank you so much. Any last words you want to say? I know they can't reach you. They can't reach me, but you can reach Tim and elusive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you um, hate my dad, shoot me a message. No <laughs> don't tell deal. me though, please, Tim. We'll see. Shield me from that, <laughs> guys. If you really hate him, I'll let him know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll fight you, but yeah, we'll let him know. But we'll also let him know. Anyways, all right, cool. Okay. okay. All right. Hey guys, thanks for listening to that. Isn't he such a cool dude? I am, like I said, super lucky. 
just to have him in my life. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed our podcast. Uh, I think there'll be more coming. Uh, hopefully be more coming. So um, just a little glimpse into my life and, and who I am as a person. Uh, I think it's a, it's a really cool aspect of this is to, to just capture memories, capture stories. And, you know, I've been hearing these stories and memories for a long time. Um, but just to get them on, like, you know, recorded and documented and just to have that, that time where we just talked and, and hung out and, and just, um, you know, I, it's a blessing. So hopefully you guys are blessed by this as well. So uh, I'll just end this. I don't have anything to shout out. Um, you know, just shout out to the people in Goshen. Love you. <laughs> um, follow me on, on uh, Twitter, Timmons Podcast. Or my personal Twitter, Nymphs, TJ, N-I-M-T-Z-T-J. Uh, shoot me an email at timminspodcast at gmail.com. And you guys have a blessed rest of the time until you listen to another Timmins podcast. Or if you don't, just blessings. <laughs> All right, see you guys.